0: Can only ever be where you are right now. Bordered your podcast. Oh! It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Welcome to how to approach the journey of social dynamics. If you're an absolute beginner, struggling with fear, nerves, anxiety, you don't know what to do with yourself because you know you have to improve yourself. But this idea of swinging the hammer, of going out and meeting random cold human beings, whether it be in the day or the night. It just puts you into a coma, it puts you into nausea, it puts you into this whirlwind of limiting beliefs and negative self-perceptions of, can I do this, am I good enough, you know, would it just be better to live a life of mediocrity? So many of these thoughts will run through your head, but then at the end of the day, if you're still here, if you have come to this podcast, if you come to this piece of content, it's because you know, it's because you know what needs to be done. However, there are prerequisites to what needs to be done that would allow you to go out and do what needs to be done. To be actually be able to go out and meet random cold human beings and to bring the love, peace and joy to each and every single interaction, which is a love for the journey, a peace with the outcome, and a joy just to be doing the damn thing. To hit that trifecta, which is prerequisites, to be able to go up and engage a random cold human being. If you're going to be coming to me, if you're going to be listening to my content, I don't want anyone engaging cold social dynamics if you can't bring love, peace and joy at every interaction you got to have those, but at the same time, a lot of beginners and a, part of this podcast, probably actually the main part of this podcast, is that this is actually just a one-to-one with one of my clients who's currently struggling with harmonizing the love, peace, and joy I just described, harmonizing the excitement to swing the hammer, the excitement to get after his own self-development and learning how to make random cold human beings, and in doing so, gain a full illumination of who he is and to improve himself beyond that and to evolve beyond, dive deeper. There's that, but then there's the nerves anxiety, there's the pressure, the overwhelming pressure that comes along with this, the all-encompassing pressure that I describe, which is why it's the fire of immensity, which is why this particular modality of improving yourself, in my mind, is number one above all else. You know, not shitting on solo travel, martial arts, or cold plunging, or anything very difficult in this life, but I haven't found anything yet as of 27 years old, almost 28, that rivals cold social dynamics in terms of the illumination of who you truly are. It's pressure from all sides is the way I describe it. When you fuck up, you know. It's because you're interacting with another human being and they'll let you know. They can't not let you know. So anyways, putting that to the side, I've got a client right now who's really struggling with finding that excitement, that, that joy, and that love to actually just be doing it. There's a couple WhatsApp messages I want to read out for you guys uh, between him and I. However, just getting back to the intro of this podcast here, a lot of people come back before we'll get into that deeper stuff. That's kind of like a bit of a honey dick for a little bit later on the podcast. Listen, guys, uh, we are doing a BDP today, which is the first time in a really long time, probably in a half a year or so and probably maybe even longer, probably not even since COVID first started did we do a BDP, you know, we've been doing the social Q&A lives. So this is not a live session, this is just me on a Wednesday afternoon, just really making this content for my clients, but I think a lot of you will get something from this as well. A lot of you come into the journey, and a lot of us come into the journey of social dynamics because of the point of inadequacy. Very few people come in as a result of a positive mindset, that they're already in a good place and that they just want to get better. That's very few people. I've seen a few, I've had a few bootcamp clients that were bored on. Bordering on natural skill set and just wanted to see what kind of cool shit they could do. You know, that's it's like 1%. It's like 1%. For most people, they come into this journey because either they're unhappy with their lives or they're unhappy with themselves, which actually, if you were to dive deeper, is one in the same. Yet people compartmentalize and say, well, I'm just not happy being alone on a Friday night, not realizing that them being alone on a Friday night is a direct result of them being alone within themselves not knowing themselves and doing the necessary work to rectify that. But either way, however you want to perceive it, whether you're just unhappy with yourself and that's why you want to go out and improve your social skills because you just want to overcome yourself. Many, many, many of the people I work with, the starting point is that. that it wasn't necessarily that I just want to have more sexual abundance, I just want to have a greater dating life, that I just want to have someone to come home to on a Friday. That I just want to have a woman that I can settle down with. Or if you're a woman listening to this, a man that I can settle down with, a partner that I could form a household with, create children with, create life with, get an investment, tam- <laughs> investment farm down in Tasmania down with. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's, uh, well, so what I was saying, sometimes it's not that. A lot of the times, actually, it's not that. It is for a lot of people that they're just alone in their very tactical sense of everyday life. Just want to meet more people. But even though those who begin with that motivation, it very rarely stays there if they actually walk the journey for any modicum of time. The journey eventually sorts you out. The journey of going through social dynamics is that it forces you to analyze the very depths of who you are. Because not only are you getting reference of that every single day as you go out, but it forces you to analyze the depths of who you are when you come home and you work out where am I at in my life? You know, why do I suck so much? Especially when you have inadequacy forced upon you. Very few people seek out inadequacy in their lives. But when it's forced upon you, even though you sought out a process that was going to do that thing, no one's really ready for it. By the way, guys, I do apologize for that dog if it's really loud. It's very loud for me, but this mic is pretty good at blocking out other sounds. I'm sure you can probably hear that. But whatever, we're deep in it now. We're going now. So, where was I on that tangent? Well, I'm sorry. I have no idea. I just dropped that tangent. We'll get back on it in a second. But anyways, what I want is going on there in this little intro part here is that, oh, the forcing of inadequacy. That's right. That we seek out this process because in our minds, it's like, yeah, got to get better. Got to get stronger. Got to get more confident build a frame. Learn to be direct, congruent, authentic. Learn to be able to interact with a member of the opposite gender, with a member of the opposite gender. That's what I'm looking for. And that, yeah, I just want to enjoy the best of his life. And you go out and you have these positive motivations and these goals in mind. But then you just get hit in the face. You get smacked in the face with a concrete wall of your inadequacies, which is just so undeniable when you actually get in front of a human being and you realize how bad you are. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. And then when you come home, it's not so much that, oh man, I really, I was really rushed. I was such a leaf in the wind, as Adam say, Ungrounded, uncentered vocals were so out of pace there was no silence there was no depth and there was no tone to what I was saying there's so many tactical things to work on that was just in the first 10 seconds of when I opened up my bloody voice opened up my bloody mouth but when you move beyond that and then you have an extra minute to yourself in that meditation at home once you've done breaking down and analyzing your interactions it's like but what does this really reflect about who I am and then you start to go to a deeper conversation of who you think you are and that's what Again, gets forced upon you. Not that you ever really asked for it. Very few people ask for it, and I think that's where I actually started off this main subject, or just the intro of this podcast. How we're going to approach social dynamics. I want to go through a. I want to go through some very tactical things. I'll keep it as tactical at the beginning, uh, in terms of just generalities of how I wish an absolute beginner would start his journey. We'll probably take a nineteen-year-old uh, hypothetical. We'll probably take someone who's young and then the the rest of you can just reverse yourself, reverse engineer your current life situation to that model and how I would best set someone up for the mentalities. Ah, should we even begin there actually? Should we begin I'm just getting some water. Should we begin there or should we begin with my client's messages? Damn, that water is good. Hmm. <clears> hmm. <throat> What I'll do is just to make it real, just to get us grounded in a story, get us grounded in a face, I'm gonna read out these messages between <coughs> one of my clients and I, private WhatsApp messages that of my clients through bowl coaching memberships get. You can suss that out on boldojo.com. But I'll read those out first and then we'll go to and then we'll go to the hypothetical. I reckon because I think the hypothetical will help him out as well. Help him reverse engineer. Okay, so. Okay, I'm going to give you guys a bit of back context on this uh, gentleman. This gentleman is young 20s, early 20s. He is in Australia, a major metropolitan city, won't say what city. And he is of an Asian Australasian background. That's what I'll say. So. To give you a bit of pre-context where what this came in result to, he had done a 30-day challenge of overcoming himself, which was not focused on social dynamics. It was just to go out every single day for 30 days in a row, meet five people, direct intent interactions, but there was no focus on social skills whatsoever. Uh, The backstory of him is actually quite long, so I won't get into it, but he he succeeded in that, failed at first, then then succeeded on a second attempt. Then is now gone into his first 30-day challenge of social dynamics, which is now targeted on analyzation of his social skill set. We need to get minimum five interactions each day direct, however, optimally 10 so that we can really start to get a good look at your social skill set. And also because we had some information, some data from before as to what he's not good at, uh, we can start to work on some social skills as well. Although that's not actually the purpose of the 30-day challenge. The purpose of a 30-day challenge of social dynamics is just to analyze your social skill set to get a good idea of what's positive in my interactions, what am I doing well, but then most importantly, what do I need to improve? And then you go into action blocks after that that would target very specifically those issues found within the 30-day challenge. So he he was eight days in to the social dynamics challenge, his first one, 30-day challenge. However, on day eight, he overwhelmed himself with the pressure to nail a certain skill set, a qualification specifically, and doing qualification five times in a row and then addressing the giant panda in the room, if which is just a, yeah, we're going to get a tangent here. Addressing the giant panda in the room is just what happens when you're standing in front of someone in qualification and you've given them at least a minute, two minutes, five threads at the maximum, three to five threads of qualification, disconnected though. So they didn't connect on any of them, yet they're still standing there with you. And there's a giant panda in the room, which is, you they're clearly not engaging in the interaction, yet they're still standing here. So this is what I call addressing the giant panda in the room. It's basically calling it out for what it is. Listen, Jenna, I just get the idea that you're not feeling this right now. Is there any particular reason why? You have to eventually just, the interaction is going nowhere, there's no energy given back to you. Yeah, what most beginners get confused on with addressing the giant panda in the room is that they do it way too early, or they just bail. They don't give it enough time. They give up after one qualification thread or uh, two attempts, maybe. Uh, so anyways, anyways, anyways. That's one thing he's working on right now. However, he was fine for the first seven days of the 30-day challenge, yet on day eight, he just decided to place this ungodly amount of pressure on himself to nail qualification, even though it was never something I instructed. Uh, Never for my clients, or I wouldn't say never, never for beginning clients who are in a 30-day challenge. Action blocks are different. But in a 30-day challenge, it's intended that you will suck. It's intended that you will suck and it's intended that and understood that you're not going to do well at this. Even though you may be, we may have some idea of what you do need to work on. It's primarily just an analysis period. So, but- but due to a subconscious overwhelming and buildup of emotional pressure, he found a way out, which was he bombed himself out that day by placing out that much pressure, didn't do his interactions, and so had to restart the challenge. That brings you up to speed. That brings you up to speed to where we are now. And I've got to get my phone back up in a second and read those messages. But he wanted to restart as soon as possible, which is very unnatural. I've had a, just recently in the last month, had a lot of clients who were either coming off long breaks or who'd come off a semi-finished challenge and had to restart a challenge, both examples, and they just want to restart as soon as possible. A lot of times, is the motivation is because they just want to forget about the past failure. They just want to move on from it. They just want to get back on the horse, so to speak, and just just keep moving forward type thing. It's really male mindset. I like it. I like it in theory. However, I always say this, which is that not so fast. Not so quickly, my friend. We should not be so quick to restart without analyzing why we failed in the past. I will not have you or not have anyone going out repeating the same actions that lead to the same results, defining you as insane. We need to understand and get a... It much. It's much better to take two weeks extra off just to have time and meditation with yourself to reflect on why I failed for my client here, call him X, why he failed... And on day A, why he placed all that emotional and uh, and undue pressure on himself to complete a skill set that was never expected of him. You know, he, he needs to take time to figure that out for himself and I would never have someone restart so quickly. It's, uh, it's foolish. It's foolish because you'll likely just fail again even faster. <clears throat> so, I instructed him to take some time off. However, there was one thing I said In the time off. And this is where things are going to tie in here. This is just something that I... uh, That of course I'm going to say to all my clients actually. Regardless of who they are. And regardless of what just happened. Which is that... You'll know... I said take your time off. You don't need to restart so quick. At least take another minimum one week off. Come to understand what happened in the previous... Eight days. In the previous seven days. And why you failed. But then... This is how you know. The way you'll know that you're ready to go back out again is that you'll just wake up one day and you'll ask yourself, hey, hey Adam, you want to go out and meet some people today? And your initial response will be, fuck yeah, let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. And even though it will come along with a barrage of anxieties, nerves, limiting beliefs, negative self possessions egoic attachments, all of that will ride along with it, but they are passengers in the cart of fuck yeah, let's go. And what is the fuck yeah, let's go? It's the excitement. It's the enthusiasm. It's the, it's the divine intervention within your spirit that says enough's enough. I want to get after this. And I want to get after this not just because of validation points from the external, But there's an overriding validation point, which is internally generated, which is that I want to get after this for the sake of getting after this. I will do the work for the sake of doing the work. Action for the sake of action itself. If you can wake up with that, that's how you're fit to go out. That's how you should approach the journey of social dynamics to the title of this podcast. But if you can't wake up with that energy, don't go out. Just keep asking the question every day until you get a fuck yeah, let's go and you get that excitement, that energy. It doesn't have to be those words, but it's that energy. He got back to me and this is where the sticking point is. <clears throat> this is the message you sent me on WhatsApp. Hey Adam. Hey Adam. Sometimes I say that too quick. <laughs> hey Adam. I keep reflecting on what you said in my email summary that I'd be ready to restart the 30-day challenge when I can wake up and be excited about swinging the hammer. I've thought long and hard about that and reflected many times. I think I've come to peace with the fact that I suck, but I'm just not excited about restarting the 30-day challenge. But for me, that seems normal. Where I am in my social development, taking so long to do just five approaches, pause, pause, we're looking at two and a half to four hours, sometimes even longer type thing. Resume. Taking so long just to do five approaches, the work will be much more work, stress, pressure than fun. So to me, it's normal that I don't wake up with a desire to swing the hammer, but I sure do understand that it's what I need. What are your thoughts on what I've said above? Is it required that I have to wake up with an excitement to swing the hammer to restart the 30-day challenge? That's the end of that first message. I hit him with a slew three different three different voice messages. I'm not going to play those voice messages because I'm essentially going to break that down in this podcast. So maybe I'll just skip skip to his final message that he sent me just this morning or last night, I think actually. So in the well, I kind of have to to make his message make sense. So I won't play the voice messages, but I'll give you the overall idea of what I said to him. What I said to him was this, which is the excitement that I'm describing or the excitement that I'm describing is something that overrules your fear. It overrules all the other things. And I think I did actually mention that before in this podcast in which that it comes along with everything else, but the excitement is just that enthusiasm to get after the work. That's essentially what I described in those voice messages. So, And I also gave him an example of my first 30-day challenge. I described to him how... On my first ever 30 day challenge as a 19 year old, when I first started going out and I made that first decision to really commit to it and change my life, transform who who I was as a result of it, I was nauseous every single day for the first two weeks of my 30 day challenge. So for over half the challenge, I was nauseous. Like I felt sick to my stomach. I had butterflies inside me where it just, it felt horrible. It felt terrible. I would never wish that feeling upon anyone. Yet at the same time, I loved it. It's like you hate it for the pressure, you hate it for the intensity of anxiety, but you love it for the growth. And that, even though when I was riding in on the bus all those years ago, just tapping my feet on the bus floor, just smash grip death grip <laughs> death gripping <laughs> okay death gripping my phone. Death gripping my phone because of how much intensity I was feeling inside of me, but still listening to that Disney playlist, trying to get myself in the right vibe, feeling good about it. I would still have that overall excitement, though, that, yes, I'm here for my own growth, I'm here for my own development, and this is a beautiful, this is something amazing, and this is going to be incredible. Yet, along with it, I'm scared as fuck, and I'm so scared. It's all there, it's all there. Hang on, I'm just realizing that it's, I'm not sure what happened, but it got super dark in here. Let me just brighten this up. yeah all right thanks for that so so I described that to him and so that's how it felt for the first two weeks for me it's like there was always a love for the process there was always an excitement for the process regardless of all the other shit that came along with it so I described that in those voice messages that I responded to his initial message with and then he responded this to me last night actually thanks Adam you summed it up very nicely Your mentioning of the excitement towards the journey was very interesting. Upon reflection, for me, I'm not quite sure whether I'm there at the excitement stage. But what motivates me is the desire to not remain who I am in 10 years time. That I'll live life, get complacent, and by the end of it, have regrets because I didn't grow into the person I wish to be. With that, there is appreciation of the journey, of what I have to go through of what I have to suffer to get it. And there's a peace to knowing that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. But it's not a jumping joy or excitement. Is that enough to begin the 30-day challenge? Also, in a side tangent, how do you keep the light when surrounded by pressure of approaching? Looking back, this is one of my mistakes. I often brought the dark cloud to the approaches I was doing because I was lost. I lost the light on the journey I was on. I sent him a response referencing a particular video and discussing a few other things, but that's where we'll return back to the normal podcast here now, and I'll start talking to you guys. So that gives you guys the context, and and part of this podcast, actually, at least here just at the beginning, is I actually just want to address that. I want to address that here more specifically and deeper for him. So actually, we'll just get this back up for a sec. You know, when I listened to that message, X, and I listened to what you just said there about how that you just don't want to get complacent and that you don't want to have regrets and you want to grow into the person that you wish to be and that there is an appreciation of the journey. That's what I describe as reverence. That is a deep reverence for the journey itself, which is respect. You're respecting the journey. You're, You're honoring the journey for what it is and for all the pain that's involved in it. However, that's what you need to wake up with and what you need to come home with. The reverence is what you wake up with, and that's what gets you out of the house. And when you come home battered, beaten and battered by the absolute pain of your inadequacies of interacting with other cold human beings, particularly the beginning of the journey, when you've been beaten and battered down by that and you get home and you just crawl into your bed after breaking down your interactions, but you crawl into your bed and you think about that again and go, but this is what I need to be doing because this is for my growth. This is for my journey. This is what I need. And in the wise words of Mike Tyson, I do what I hate to do, but I do it like I love it. That's discipline. That's what you go to sleep with. You wake up with that, you go to sleep with that. That's your deep philosophical. That's your deep macro. That's your deep why. That's the thing that, that's the oil that you're burning on. However, that's got nothing to do with how you interact with people in the tactical moment. You can have deep reverence for the journey, but what are we, what is the journey entail? Interacting with other human beings. It is the modality with which it is the hammer. The hammer you are swinging is not going out and observing people. It's interacting with people. Not observing people, but interacting with people. And what interacting with people means is that it's not just you. You know, you, If you were just going to go out and just observe human beings and observe human behavior, you, know, you could have that deep reverence all, all day. But then while well, it's not even a journey, like that's just, it's just silly. But <laughs> can you imagine someone going, no, 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 that's probably why it is so silly because I'm sure there is someone out there. I think I've probably even met someone who goes, I think I'll start my journey just by watching people <laughs> to begin with. Actually, no, I've definitely heard of people doing that. I sent them home when I used to run those bowl sessions, those free community sessions where we get like 10, 15, sometimes 20 guys to come out and we're all, you know, I'll just school them on how to meet people. Uh, some of them will rock up saying, you yeah, no, no, today, I'll just watch. And I'm like, no, you don't fucking get in or get out, you know? So anyways, there are definitely people that are like that. Moving that to the side. <laughs> We've got some stories to tell you today. I want to talk about the pizza guy as well. Don't guys. Well, this is not a live session. I'm so used to saying, guys, don't let me forget. I'm just going to remember it. We're going to talk about the pizza guy for sure. It's a great story. Uh, I was to say, oh, the tactical moment, being in there, interacting with people. You're interacting with someone. So, X, what I like about your message is the deep respect and the deep reverence for the journey itself. However, that does not serve you in interacting with other people, not in the moment, not in the tactical moment. What serves you in interacting with people in the tactical moment is the excitement and the love, the fun, loving joy, that you are just so joyous to be doing the damn thing that, of course, you're going to bring fun, that you're going to bring love. And that it will be nothing but love, peace, and joy. Yeah, love for the journey. Peace for the outcome. Joy for to be doing the damn thing. It's like those three things, particularly the third key there. That when you're interacting with people and despite all of your anxiety, your nerves, despite all your limiting beliefs and all the things that you're dealing with inside of your mind that are going haywire and there's just so many red alarm bells going off. Despite all of that, you put all that to the side. When you see someone and you see an attractive woman and you go up to her, It can't be anything but fun-loving joy. It can't be anything but light. It can't be anything but just the joy to be doing it. Because if it's not that, you're not fit to go out. And for those of you that think you can't simultaneously balance those two things, you're wrong. You're wrong. In fact, if anything, it is the prerequisite. I will not have someone going out who can't do that. You know, it's a given. It's an absolute given that you're all going to have, if you're a beginner of journey of social dynamics, you're all going to go out with a host of nerves, anxieties, limiting beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. But the people that succeed are the ones that can hold those while also holding, I'm I'm fucking loving it anyway. I'm here for the journey anyway. I'm here because I'm excited anyway, because I'm enthusiastic about getting after it. And one of the examples that I gave X in his message was this. Don't get so caught up on a rudimentary understanding or definition of the word excitement. I feel like he's getting too literal and too, not even just too literal, he's getting too rudimentary. That's the word, too rudimentary, too basic on what excitement means. You know, he's, because he also mentioned his message there, jumping for joy slash excitement. So that gives me an idea of what he thinks excitement is. And I've actually had to get him to clarify what he thinks excitement is. And I feel like his idea is too rudimentary. That I'm not saying. You have to be like a kid literally on Christmas morning. While I often was, I'm not saying that you have to be faking this intense this intense energy. Energy is probably the best word. That's just like a giant bright smile that's just popping eyes and you're just bouncing off the walls and that's what excitement is. And it's like you got a fucking lollipop in each hand. You know, I feel like X, that is the rudimentary understanding of what you're boxing excitement into and that's what you're misplacing here. But when I say excitement to be able to approach someone, excitement to go and meet someone, excitement, please use more the word of that pairs with that or a synonym of encouraging enthusiasm, that I am encouraged, that I am enthusiastic about this. The term get after this. I want to get after this. That is what excitement is. When I say excitement, you know, to be excited, to be excited by a bolt of lightning in which that you feel like you've got this charge of energy that just wants to push you in the direction of what your desire is looking for. And that is what I see my target and that's what I'm going after. And the target is swinging the hammer. It's going up and doing these direct intent approaches, right? It's going up and forcing myself to acknowledge my own inadequacies and evolve as a result. That's exciting. I'm excited by that. It's not this like little kid who's running around with a little hat. He's got a nice little hat. He's got a couple of lollipops and he's just running around. It's like, hey guys, I'm so excited to be here. You know that, That's not what I'm talking about yet. Yeah, that's what I feel like you are trying to conjure up in your magical mind machine. That is not what I'm referring to. And this is an example I gave X in the WhatsApp, which is when I'm talking about excitement, the 300 Spartans were immeasurably excited. To march to their deaths. Hold that image. Go back and watch the movie 300. Uh, by uh, Zack Snyder. Snyder. I don't think there's an SH. I think it's just Zack Snyder. Yeah. 300. Go back and watch 300. They all showed a deep excitement for what they were about to undertake. Yet they all knew they weren't coming home. And when Leonidas left his wife in the in the in the barley fields... In the barley fields, and he left her for the last time. He knew he wasn't coming home. There were three hundred warriors marching off to face hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of Xerxes' hordes. You know, but even on the final eve and the final battle, they were all still excited to get after it. They were excited. They weren't jovial about it, but they were excited. The three hundred Spartans were immeasurably excited to march to their own deaths. That's the excitement I'm talking about. Not that you're going to be dying anytime soon the journey of social, social cold di- dynamics. Cold social dynamics, you're not going to be dying. But not, nor would I want you to approach it. So yeah, for hard cases, a hard case would take that analogy too far. So what are you saying, Adam? That we're marching into death? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the energy that those Spartans had. They're all smiling. They're smiling on the way to death. You know, that's, if you could just regress the word death in our example here, just don't get so hard case with it and just go, okay, what does that mean in, the, in our example? What that means is that when I'm hitting up the bus, when I'm hitting up the train or when I'm walking, stepping out of the office and I've got to go hit these interactions because I'm on this challenge, I'm in this journey and this is such a micro fucking cosm of the journey. If you're just doing a 30 day challenge right now, if you're doing a 30 day challenge, you're at the beginning. That's a analysis period. You've got years and years of work to do after that, depending on how hard case you are. Minimum a year. For those of you that are like a, in the last Social QA Live that I did, well, I can't remember the title of it, but I described, but it basically I went through the, the scale of social skill set from zero to 10, zero being the hard case of all hard cases, 10 being the natural of all naturals, five being the plane in the middle, basically from socially incompetent, socially competent to socially unconsciously competent at the top end if, if you're somewhere between five to seven and even a little bit higher yet yeah, you're still going to have a year's worth of work to really cement yourself and conscious competence of cold social dynamics very few you have got to be an absolute natural to get it done any faster than that so you got a lot of work to do such a microcosm is what i was getting into but if you can just approach it with this excitement of that i've got so much work to do let's get after it like, that's the excitement and I just wanted to really drill into that word there and really pick out the, if not the etymology, just the definition of what I'm talking about when I say excitement for the journey. I'm not talking about lollipops. Not talking about lollipops in two hands. I am talking about a get up and go, get after it type love. The, the jovial excitement, the lollipop and two-hand excitement does come. You stay in the journey long enough and actually I'll add an extra nuance to that. You stay in the journey long enough while simultaneously improving. If you stay on the journey, yet compete and and continue to improve, you will reach a stage in which that it's nothing but fun. That the, the idea of this being a arduous, intense, overwhelming, pressurized experience just it doesn't make sense. Like that doesn't make sense. The way that my client feels right now to me on a subconscious, deeply embodied, venal level doesn't make sense. It's like, how could someone ever view the journey of going out and meeting people as anything but love, peace, and joy, as anything but exciting and fun and lollipops? It is straight lollipops. But that's Adam speaking to him and you guys from a point of unconscious competence going full circle in the scale of social skill set. As sure as hell, if you were to rewind back to 19 year old Adam, who was unconsciously incompetent, he would he would look at me in this room right now and just he would be dumbfounded. He would be eye-blinded. He would not understand what I'm saying. And say, you're fucking off your rocker. And he would ask me to prove it. And then I'd take him out and he would see how much fun I would have. And then he'd go, Okay, I could see I was wrong, yet I still don't understand it. <laughs> Please show me the way. And I'd say, okay, get on your bike. You got a few years though. <clears throat> It's going to take you a lot of fucking work to get to the place of seeing random cold human Im- beings and to interact with random cold human beings to see that process as something as genuinely a positive experience and nothing but on all accounts where there is no longer any negative connotations with it whatsoever. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, but it's so much fun. And even just me saying that gets me excited about how much work that is. And there again is that word excitement. There again. So, so let's just take a pause here and just step it back out. Because this podcast is not just, I mean, it is for my client. And I did want to really drill into him what I meant about excitement. I want to get to I want to get to when you get to that place. We'll get to that in a second. How to know that you're ready to go and restart that challenge. I'll just tie that up as a little summary point. But then I also want to step back out and just take a hypothetical 19-year-old version of myself or rewind back to then or having a 19-year-old son and say, these are the mindsets you need. These are the actions you need to approach the journey of social dynamics. I'd like to make this podcast quite macro at a certain point and just address, because I feel like that'll bring a lot of value to everyone, especially if you've come to listen to this or watch this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube or shout out to those of you listening, not in post because this is not live, but listening to it on the Bald podcast. By the way, guys, I would just take a moment here just to say uh, if you are enjoying it on YouTube, drop a thumbs up down below. Drop me a comment with any uh, feedback, any stories, any big bigs, any big truths you might be having. Uh, particularly on the YouTube video, I always come back and look at them and as always much appreciated. And by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, at tang one double O-I-Tang1, get there if you're not. Okay, so, oh, and also make sure you signed up to the weekly email newsletter. It's free, Bowl sip. That's how I stay communicated with you guys and update you on what's going on in the world and in this universe. So make sure you signed up there. Important shit goes out there every Friday. Okay, so so if X was listening to this podcast, and I don't know what he is, but well, he better be. <laughs> I'm sure that he is. If you listened to everything I just said about what it means to be excited about the journey and to be able to march towards your own growth, that's that's really what I meant in the 300 example. They were. If you just take out the word "death," marching to their deaths, they're marching to their own growth. They're marching to their own satori and to their own enlightenment. That's what we're looking at here. But when you come to it, yes, now we're going to get very tactical. That's the that's where it all sprang from. You have your reverence. You have your reverence for the journey, which is respecting the fact that I'm a piece of shit now. But if I do the work that I hate, but I'll do as Mike Tyson said, do it like I love it. Then if I can harmonize that. With also when I'm actually in the real world, when I'm actually in the club, and I actually see that girl staying there with her friends, and I actually know that I have to go up to her, can I actually bring some positivity with the light, with the love, peace, and joy? You can only do that if you actually have a genuine love for swinging the hammer itself. And in that analogy right there, when you, come to, when you rock up on the river, on the riverbank, and you've got to build this bridge... And all you see is just a hammer. It's the hammer and tongue. You're not going to pick up the tongue yet. You're just picking up the hammer. And you know, you got to swing that hammer to get this bridge built, to get you to the other side of the river, aka unconscious competence. It's not enough just to pick up the hammer. It's not enough just to pick up the hammer. It's not enough to just go up to the woman and to say, yo, so he's standing here and I thought you looked cute. I had to come say, hi, my name's X. It's not enough just to run the mechanic of cold social dynamics. There has to be the enthusiasm and excitement underneath it that says that I want to bring the best of myself and make sure you enjoy the best of a human experience possible. That's prerequisite to going up and doing it. If you're not going to go up to a random cold human being with anything but what I just said, if you can't do that, then don't go up to them. Save them the time and energy of having to flat out reject you because of how poor your energy is. Save them that. Save yourself. I say save yourself. Actually, it's probably good for you to go through that pain. But at a certain point, you you can just become desensitized to the pain if you're just so used to doing it the wrong way. So it's good every now and again. No, every now and again. It's good once or twice at the beginning of your journey to know how not to do it. But past that point, never do it again. Never practice failure. Never practice doing it the wrong way. For all the times that when I was learning how to go out at night, and this is actually a point that I want to get on my friends because it's something that a few of my clients, not just this client, this client he will have to deal with this very soon. But for some of my other clients who are living in different countries, particularly around Europe, you know, as the COVID situation, you know, we say this normalizing, Depends on where in the world you bloody live. Like Texas, Florida, standing up, standing up, abolishing the COVID passports, not making vaccines mandatory. Like fucking winning over there, fucking winning. And in Australia, the only reason why we're winning is because we're a continent and we're able to shut down COVID for the most part. But but our government's handling of it, still the mindsets are terrible. It's going to lead to big. To big problems later on, for sure. Anyways, anyways, we're just lucky in Australia that we were able to close the borders effectively. Unlike all the other landlocked countries that really couldn't. That's the only reason why we haven't seen major blow-ups here in Australia. And the government, I don't want to get into a whole political thing here. But just let's just say this, I'm not happy with the way that the government's handled it here. We'll put that to the side. Anyways, as... Time moves on. We've we've been in this malaise, in this honey malaise over the last year and a half or so with the COVID situation in which that our entire social lives have been disrupted. We've seen online dating become this phenomena of power, this beast. Whereas prior to COVID, online dating for 18 to 24-year-olds or maybe 18 to 30s, let's call it up at that, for 18 to 30-year-olds, it was... It was still secondary. I'm just hanging on a second, guys. I'm just adjusting the line. It was still secondary. And what I mean still secondary is that prior to COVID, most people still preferred to go out to a club or a bar and then get jig, right? right? Let their goose get loose and find themselves around the mango tree. That was what... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you guys get some visuals here. <laughs> get some visuals. So, you know, people still preferred that, and for the most of our human lives prior to COVID, going out and meeting people in real life was still the primary. It was online dating was still was definitely had its uh, had its chops. it's definitely had it had its teeth within our sphere of meeting people, but it was never primary because. We always had the option, and if I was just thinking about some of my girlfriends, they always had the option to say, Hey, girls, girls, yeah, the girls, right, yeah, the girls, to go out on Friday or Saturday night and go in, and inevitably they'll know they'll meet someone that night. Is it gonna be up to standard? We don't know, you know, but there's gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna try and hit them up. Regardless of whether they're practicing social dynamics or not, just guys who just got a bit of liquid courage. They could be a attractive girl could be quite sure. That prior to COVID, Friday, Saturday night, that she goes out, she's going to get hit up, minimum twenty, you know, twenty times at least, depending on how long she's out for, depending on where she goes to, obviously depending on how attractive she is as well. But, but you know, but even then, like, it's you don't have to be a supermodel to go out and have a, a guy want to come up and meet you, especially if he's uh, on the liquid courage as well. So, so there was always primary to go and meet people in real life. However, with the advent of COVID where all of our opportunity to do that got restricted and slain, the Tinder, Bumble, Hinge is dead basically. Hinge is like, I, ch- I don't use Hinge at all, but but I checked in with it like the other day. I hadn't used it in months and I'm like, this is just rubbish. This app is rubbish. So Hinge got, I think Hinge is like dead in the water. Uh, but 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 particularly Tinder and Bumble just rose above and they just, took huge market share of our collective consciousness. The online dating apps took huge market share of our collective consciousness because that's all we had time to do. We weren't allowed to go out and do other things. We couldn't go out to the bars and the clubs and meet people. And definitely not for those who are more niche and going out and meeting people in the street in the middle of the day, which is niche of niche. All of a sudden, everyone's on these apps. And then if it's like that for a whole year, it's like, this is just what we do now. This is just how we meet people now is that we open up the app and we swipe. Do some messaging and we swipe. Go out on some dates. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a expedited, it's UPS fast track. It's Australia Post Express, right? That's what online dating is. It short circuits the initial opening of an interaction, which is actually a more than 50% of an interaction in terms of its weight. You know, the way you begin an interaction, the way it starts, holds so much weight compared to the middle. Has a lot of weight at the end as well in terms of how an interaction initial interaction closes, but the open has a lot of weight. It's a very short portion, but it's got a lot of weight. You, know, you demonstrate a lot of your social skill set within the first 10 seconds. Mm, that's gone. <laughs> that's gone because of, uh, I like Daddy. I like Daddy doesn't have that. So... Because you two mutually have swiped on each other. So, where are we going with this? Let me get back on track here. Otherwise, I've just got to get a huge offline dating rant and this is going to turn to a different podcast. Hey, that's the potter, by the fuck. <laughs> that's the potter. we got tangents. So, oh, right. Going out at night. That's why I brought this up. So, but now that if you're in a country like Australia where going out at night is now an option, you can go out at night. If you're in other countries that are starting to loosen up, starting to get their beaks wet the remembering of what it means to primarily meet people in real life particularly at night which has always been the favored interaction playing grounds for all human beings past the point of rooms <laughs> once rooms were invented and you could get alcohol in them we got a room you got alcohol i'm going to meet someone right like, let's meet people here that's that's primarily what rooms were invented for listen guys rooms they have one purpose. It's to fuck. <laughs> That's it. That's, listen, the only purpose, the only reason why why we erect walls is so that we can have a more comfortable space to procreate. That's the only reason. Forget about anything else. Yeah, you keep your TV here, you keep your fucking plants here, but it's primarily because we need a safe environment to be able to procreate. That's why we need rooms. And so we've just made very elaborate rooms. We've gone through our lives and we've, we've chalked them up. We've... Fucking frilled them up. We have got lights, you got heated pads, you got bounces at the front. You've got girls that uh, have tattoos and eye rings around their eyelids that are checking you in at the door. But it's all still just to get you into this room to see if you could meet a partner that you would get sexually interacted with. It's really all there for. This is what nightclubs are for. This is what bars are for. Is what I'm saying. Otherwise, no one would be going there. So it's <laughs> so we're not playing lawn balls, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> we're not playing lawn bowls. <laughs> the reason why I love that is because I literally drove down the street the other day. Google Maps took me on an absolute run. And I was trying to get to this new barber new barbershop. Shout out to the Louise Fades uh, in Adelaide. Uh, and I drove past this absolute Olympic level competition of lawn bowls where people were just in their teams, they were in their suits. They were like 80 years old, but they were so fucking into it. I was like. This is law and balls. This, If you've got to do law and balls, this is law and balls. I wonder if those people are looking to fuck after. I don't know. But anyways, anyways, get back to it here. The reason why I brought up the whole diet thing is that for my client that we're talking about in this podcast and also several others around the world, there's a remembering that's going to happen. And it is starting to shift depending on where you live. That it's you got to wake back up and go, hang on a second, Tinder and Bumble had the collect the market share of my consciousness in terms of socializing for the last year and a half. But that's actually not how it's meant to be. It's actually not how it's ever been before this. It was for a very minute period of time, for a very focused, selected period of time in which that there was no other option. So we had to prioritize and Adam said it was okay. But Adam, you said it was okay that we go and use the online apps. I know I did. I made whole podcasts on it. I made so much content on it when uh, the COVID situation hit because I even recognized it and i had to change my behavior as well and but the remembering is going to happen for each and every one of us at some stage just depending on where you live and that remembering is that yes going out and meeting people in the day however and this is where i we've got on so many tangents to get to this point oh, hold on a second the post is here let me just sign for this package All right. Ian, thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks for the very posties here. Ah, Let me get some water. (laughs) I keep just, I keep fucking you guys around. We keep almost getting to the point and then something happens. (laughs) That wasn't my fault, though. (laughs) I keep taking you guys on tangents, but this is the first tangent that I didn't take you on. Australia Post. Yes, sir. Sir. (laughs) So. Don't worry, I'll get straight to it now. I I swear, I'll get to it right now. Meeting people in the day will never produce the same level of growth as what meeting people in the night can. This is coming from someone who was married to meeting people in the day. From when I began my journey of cold social dynamics at 19 years old, well, actually, it was much earlier than that. It was actually 16 it was 16, but I fucked around for the first few years. It's a whole very, very depressing story. But, you know, my first ever cold approach was at like 16. But then I, when I changed my life at 19 to the first 30-day challenge, that was in the day, 30-day challenge, not thirty night challenge, 30-day. And then from 19 to, what, 20 for two years, I would say, 19 to 21, all I did was meet people in the day. That's all I did. I was deathly afraid of meeting people at night. Not that I wasn't able to, not that there wasn't any, not that the knowledge wasn't there, not that I didn't have supportive wings that could have helped to show me. No, Jordan, who at the time was my number one. Same as Matt, when Matt was still alive. My man, wherever you may be, always in my heart. Every Every day, every day. Th- those guys were monsters at night and they were incredible. And I was such a, I was such a cheesecake boy. <laughs> I was such a cheesecake boy in which that I have my cheesecake and that's day game. So I just go out and I meet people in the day. By the way, I'm using the. I'm now getting into the mindset of 19 year old Adam, who would have used the term day game. I've largely stopped using the word game in general. I don't like the idea of game anymore, and I haven't for many years. I don't like pick up. I don't like day game. I don't like night game. It's just meeting people. It's just social dynamics. That's all it is. Like, don't make it weird. Don't turn it into this this slimy, uh, algorithmic, trying to fuck bitches get money. Type mentality. I hate that. Like it's, I'm a man, you're a woman. Let's see if we connect. It's the journey of cold social dynamics. We're here to improve ourselves in relation to others. That's my thesis. Learn it. <laughs> so, so, but I will have to use, but back in the day, it wasn't always that way. So when I say, when I'm saying that, that's why I'm saying that because I'm getting into the mindset of Adam, which is that Adam, all he did was go out and meet people in the day and he was just refused. Refused flat out, refused to go out at night and used his... Once I finally changed my life through going out, meeting people in the day, and started getting to open, casual relationships, and then got into my first, uh, first monogamous relationship from that, that was Diamond in the Sky, absolute Diamond, and we had a two-year relationship with her, and then once we broke up with her, started going back out again, but it was going back out in the day, and again just monstering it up, you know, having incredible experiences in the day, and had no problem with it, but use those, use that result that i got from that to not go out at night because like well i'm doing great in the day and i'm learning a lot of stuff in the day so why do i need to go out at night and i've made entire podcasts on this the day gamers approach to night game i think that's literally the title was years ago also different other video of me sitting at a fucking sitting in north adelaide on the strip just filming a video about why day gamers need to go out at night or why if you only meet people in the day you need to go out at night (coughs) And I need to say it right now, and that's why I brought up this entire tangent, is that with the remembering, the remembering is also remembering that meeting people in the day is not the only option, and it's actually not the best option. You would now be remiss for all of my current clients, or for all of you that are listening, even if you're not one of my clients, just someone who's deep seeking the knowledge and the truth that, what are you saying, Adam? Going out at night is the best option? And then dad. D- down. I said that going out at night will yield greater growth. It will just yield a greater reference of experience. The body of work you can complete in the night will always trump the body of work you complete in the day. I don't care what city you're in. I have coached boot camps in all the major metropolitan cities of the world, basically, at least the ones that are known for cold approach. Melbourne, New York, London, top three cities in the world to go and do cold approach. The, I've done boot camps in all of them, spent my own time in all of them, deep time in London myself, been to London three times, New York twice, and I can't tell you how many times I've been to Melbourne <laughs> because I know the. I'm just running boot camps. Oh, I can't even tell you. High multiple digits. So. So, so, with that being said, though, I can tell you without a shred of a doubt that even within those cities, if you're just going out and meeting people in the day within those cities, Going out and meeting people in the night in those cities will always trump what you could have done in the day. You you can meet 100 people in a single night with, i will not going to say without effort, but without strain. Definitely with effort, but without strain. It's not a cataclysmic, heroic event to go out and meet 100 people in a single night in a major metropolitan city. And it doesn't even have to be Melbourne, London, or New York. It could just be a city that just has a decent... You know, can just decent players, you know, just decent amount of people. It's got some good turnover, you know, a good nightlife, you know. It doesn't have to be like, for example, South Beach, Miami. You can meet 100 people in a night in South Beach, Miami, no worries. And that's not a big city. South Beach, Miami is not a big city, it's especially not compared to London. So, what I'm saying is that the body of work that you can complete in the night will always be deeper, larger, and have greater result than what you could have done in the day just based on volume of reference but that doesn't necessarily make it the best which is why i said slow down when i say that going out in the day only is not the best because now you get to what i'm saying going out in the night only is also not the best the best my friends is a synthesis of both in which that you do go out in the day, you learn the refinement, you learn the gentleman, you learn the social calibration that is required to go and meet people in the day, which is leagues higher and leagues more difficult than what is required in the night. The refinery of open qualification investment, close of being direct congruent, authentic, holding your frame, managing the dance between masculine and feminine energy, all of that done in the day is expected to be done to a much higher level to make this work. In the night, to it's still required to do all the things that I just said, but on a much lower level. The minimum entry point is much lower. Why? Because of the distractions. Because you've got cocaine. Because you've got cocaine. Because you've got alcohol. Because <laughs> you've got the pepperoni. You do have pepperoni. <laughs> you do have pepperoni. You got the cocaine. You got the alcohol. And you got the pepperoni out at night. Whether you're at the pizza shop, how oh, are we going to talk about pizza, guy, man? Man, I forgot about pizza guy. I'm having a lot of fun in this session. Even though this is not a live session, I feel like this is a live session. Shit, I love this shit too much. You know, whether you're at the club and you go a slice of pepperoni with uh with, with the girl that you, the girl and her friends that you just met in the club, and you're going down because you're going for eats, or. You're dealing with people that are pinging off cocaine or you got people that are just blind drunk or you got the the deafening music, the bright lights, the dark light, you know, the dark lights, the dark rooms, whatever it is, it's a very distracting environment. So you can get away with a much lower and actually I wouldn't even say get away. It's not even get away. It's actually optimal to have a less refined skill set in the night. You've got to study this carefully from someone who bleeded, bleeded meeting people in the day, that that was just my thing. I was very, very good at it. Obviously, being a coach now, you have to be, but even before I was a coach, I was very, very good at it, very comfortable. I loved it. I loved it to the end of time. And it's just, it was a thing that I just, I cut my teeth on. I cut my teeth on it and my teeth were sharp. But that refinement, that gentlemanness, that you learn when you approach someone in the middle of a mall, in a, in a street, that doesn't, and not only does it not translate to the night, it hurts you at night. Because in the night, it's all about subcommunication. If you feel like, if you think you're going to go out at night, and you're going to rock up to an absolute dime piece, who's up in the bar, you're a diamond in the sky, and you think you're going to suave and gentlemanly your way through to into a solidified interaction with her in which that she feels like, oh, this guy's fucking cool. He's attractive male. I want to spend the rest of the night with him. You know, you... Chotto machigai. Chotto machigai. You are a little mistaken there. guy, uh, No, Like, it's, it's an intense mistake to think that you're going to have legitimate conversation with people at night. Yeah, maybe at stages of the night if you progress out of the distracting venue. But even then, it's not what's asked for. People go out at night because they want to be fucking animals. Because they want to be animals. Because they are animals. Because in our collar stricken, in our collar stricken and collar restricted 21st society, in which everyone pretends to be far more impressive than they are, they pretend to be far smarter than they are, they show up, they show up in a way in which they are respectable. Listen, I'm not talking about the respecting of our spiritual essence. I'm talking about the respecting of... Thinking that you're a member of high society. You know, people want to attain this level of respect, of membership, of high society. But it's just all games because if you just put a drink in someone's hand and you shove them into a room of hot bodies, you're going to see that go away. People pay readily. The same people that will espouse the philosophy of a respectable society during the day will then go out that night. And smoke cocaine, that will snort cocaine off a hooker's arse. Like you, it's, it's such a dichotomy. It's such a contradiction between the two things. <laughs> you see people that are like fucking accountants that are just pushing numbers all day just so they can go out on Friday or Saturday and get hammered. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, you just see this and get it again. And to me, it would be much better just to live a far more congruent life the whole way through instead of being these blackout ninjas being these blackout madmen that are just looking to fucking rub the tug and stroke the camel once a week. Fucking loose that goose. So where was I calling with this? So with the night, going out at night. So yeah, the day skill was hurting the night. So this is where I wanted all this to begin with. This is where I wanted this to come with was for my clients and particularly for this one in this particular podcast – Going out and meet people in the day is not the be-all end all. It's certainly not the end all. It's definitely not the be-all, and it's definitely not the end all. We're gonna to need to remember what it means to go back to go out at night and to meet people in the night. And I just I just wanted to bring this up because as we're talking about how to approach the journey of social dynamics, now we can really start to move this conversation in a slightly more targeted direction. Is that we we don't just swing Let me take that analogy back. We swing the hammer. But The Hammer has many faces to it. Ah, uh-huh. that's a good one. The Hammer has many faces to it. The Hammer is not one-sided. The Hammer is not one plane. The Hammer has many planes to it. The Hammer has the plane of meeting people in the day, has the plane of meeting people in the night, has the plane of indirect social circle, has the plane of indirect Uh, fitness circle that has the plane of if you're at uni or you're at work and you have indirect situations where you can't be so explicitly direct. There's so many planes to the world of social dynamic. Has the family, has the business connections, has so many different connections. Swinging the hammer of social dynamics is not just... You don't just... While you swing the hammer and you will need to swing the hammer until you gain mastery of one particular face and mastery in my mind is just conscious competence at a minimum. True mastery is unconscious competence and there's always going to be levels of mastery within that you're never going to be done but once you're unconsciously competent it's like the difference it's like splitting hairs it's like you you'd never know you'd to tell the difference between two guys that are both unconsciously competent in social dynamics is like you can't it'd be it's just apples and oranges at that point you know some some might favor a situation more than the other but in general they just they're both they know what they're doing They know what they're doing and they no longer have to think about it unconsciously competent. So, yeah. So, now we're moving this conversation in a slightly different direction. Approaching the journey of social dynamics. And that's where, there, now I'm getting, now now we're back on. Now we're back on. (laughs) Hypothetical, hypothetical 19-year-old. How I would want him to approach the journey of social dynamics. Don't get deeply embedded or rooted within doing things one way. While our mindsets and prerequisites to approaching the journey of social dynamics should always remain the same, which is the love for the journey. Love for the journey, peace with the outcome, joy for doing the damn thing. That's our prerequisites for engaging the process of cold social dynamics and really just for the process of anything in life. Whatever you're going to do in life, bring the love, bring the peace, be in the joy for those three reasons, you're going to be savvy. You're going to be savvy. But I also want to make sure that I've had a nineteen-year-old hypothetical son right now, and he was like, "All right, Dad. Here is what it is. Let's give him a five. We'll call him a five. We'll call him the average guy. Neither a hard case, neither a natural. But he's about five, which means he's just he's socially competent, just not unconsciously competent, and definitely not incompetent. You know, he's uh he's okay. He's okay. He doesn't shit himself." at the idea of going up to a random person, simultaneously is not so confident that he knows what to do with that person to the point of where it's so natural that it's just an afterthought. That's what a five is essentially. Yeah? Isn't afraid of socializing with people, yet at the same time, wouldn't console, consider himself a beast of interacting with people. Wouldn't just actively engage a random cold being. The average person wouldn't do that. So that's our hypothetical 19-year-old right now. pattern him on the head call him uh i was gonna call him jeffrey but there's no way i'll call my son jeffrey so uh i'm not, i was gonna call him what i actually would call him but that's not gonna make sense for this podcast let's just call him uh nah it doesn't make sense i'll call him son we'll just call him son so son goku nah I just call him son so if he's coming to me saying that listen dad i've just got out of high school you know i'm 19 i've been in my gap year i've taken the gap year uh, because you know I've got my prerequisites going to uni. I'm going in uni next year. I'm going to uni next year, but I've got my gap year right now. I see you've been living this life and I see you, you spent your entire life dedicated to guiding people in their journeys of self-cultivation, particularly swinging the hammer of social dynamics, but largely just developing total temple development, purpose, physical, mental, social development. I've seen these things, but I'm particularly interested in one aspect of that total temple development, which is the social side of it. Particularly... The romantic side of it, while I definitely need to improve my relationship with our mom and with uh, other people and family and you know, business, and is the romantic that I'm really getting after right here. I'd say, cool. Okay. Okay. We always ask why. If he's starting off on the journey, why? Before I even give him micro tactics as to how he should approach his journey of social dynamics, I need to understand what's going on in his mind as to why he needs to do this. And if he was to come at me and say... Well, you know, you know me, Dad. I've had a few, I've had a few girlfriends through high school, but to be honest, they were uh, it was kind of just puppy dog love. They didn't last very long. They were only like three, six months. You know, there was that one girl, Jenna, but and that was cool. But it, but I'm just not. I just I'm, school's over now. Those relationships came through school. They were kind of given to me. You know, we saw each other every day. It was easy to create those relationships. But now, what I'm realizing is that it's actually not very easy to create relationships now that I'm out of high school. And you need to learn how to do this. Okay. You've been very, uh, you've been very cold with me, son. Now tell me the real reason. Not that I'm saying that you're lying, but now tell me really why you wouldn't do this. Okay. Okay. I don't want to be alone on Friday night. Currently, I'm alone on Friday night. The pizza's good. Fucking Call of Duty's good but I don't want to be alone on Friday night. That's the one I was looking for. Okay, good. So, 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 so. If we understand his macro intent, his macro understanding for why, don't impress him too hard of it, but the first thing I'll say is now, son, now that you've got that, what I need you to do is open up a journal, get your Evernote out, open up a new note, social dynamics, 30-day challenge, first line, intent, why am I doing this? Pop that in. Always remind yourself of that. Look at that before every single session, every single day, every morning, every night. Look at it. Remind yourself why that you're doing this. Because the process that you've asked me to instruct you on is, will require no less than all of you. No less than all of you. And if you think, yeah, you're going to be able to go out for 30 days in a row without remembering why, you'll fail in day three. You'll, you'll fail even before that probably actually. Probably wouldn't go out for a second day. So make sure you know why and make sure you remember why. <coughs> If, by the way, guys, just taking a pause in this podcast for a second from this analogy. If he had said anything that wasn't intrinsically or internally motivated, I wouldn't have, I would have stopped it there. I wouldn't have even gone into what we're about to go into. If he had said, ah, oh, oh, I just want to get laid. Ah, oh, I just want to get that sweet pussy, right? That wet ass pussy, dad, that, that's what I want to get. I'll be like, eh, not for you. Not for you. Go to go to a prostitute, go to a hooker. That's what that's for. Uh, if, if you just want to transact externally on other human beings, this process is not for you. Not only because of how disrespectful that is to the women you'll be interacting with, but most prime, but also because simultaneously alongside with that, because of how destructive that is to you. Not only is it disrespectful to the other person, but it's so destructive to you. You know, I, I wouldn't have uh, my own kin operating with such a mentality. Not, not a chance. So, not that I think that <laughs> it's unlikely that my own kin would even come up with that mentality anyway. You know, it's, that's a real hard case mentality. But, You know, I'd make sure I would have poisoned that weed long ago if I even saw the signs of it. Just by showing him his own inadequacies, really. (laughs) That's how I would poison that weed. Just take him out and force him to meet people anyway. Uh, Okay, cool. Oh, that's probably the bright. I'm just adjusting the light, dude. I don't know what's going on with this light. It's all over the shop today. It's actually outside. It's just that it's cloudy, but it's sunny. So, anyways, moving on. As long as he's got, as long as you have, and as long as my son hypothetically had an intrinsically motivated reason for doing it, that was based on his own internal growth, internal development, no matter what the place was, he just said that I just don't want to be alone on a Friday night. And then I'll say, okay, that's enough. That's enough for now. All right. We will work more as we go through your development. We'll start to build upon that. And how that looks is that it will not just be, I just don't want to be alone on a Friday night, but now, We're going to switch it from a not falling off the mountain to a climbing the mountain mentality, which would be, well, what's the reverse of that? Hey, son, what's the reverse of not falling off the mountain? What would be a climbing mentality? It's not that I just don't want to be alone on Friday night. It's that I want to have deep, meaningful, and rich experiences with members of the opposite gender on a Friday night. That's what I want. That's where I really want him. We don't need him to be there on day one, but by the end of his 30-day challenge, he'll definitely be there for sure. So we'll move towards there in terms of his mindsets, but mindset first. That's cool. That's where we're going to be guiding this ship. Now we're going to move to micro tactics of how he's going to approach the journey of social dynamics. Like I said before, the hammer has many faces. The hammer has many faces. I want day and I want night. If it's a, if he's living in Australia, he's got the option to do both right now. I want day and I want night. At first, at first, I would I would most appreciate if he started his journey solo. That's the best way to start. The best way is to start solo. However, the best way actually, well, the best way to start your body of work is solo. However, the the best way to just take your very first step in is under the guidance of a coach. So he's lucky because he has that in the father. So I would take him out on his first, probably for his first, just to see how he did on his first day and then ascertain what his level of social skill set is. If we know he's a five though, he's going to be okay. So if I know he's a five, I'll take him out for one day and just ascertain what's going on and then I'll say, okay, you're, you're, basically what I'm saying going on there is that I just want to make sure he can do it respectfully. That when he goes out in the day and he goes out at night, that he can do it respectfully. He can be direct. He can be congruent. He can be authentic. And he gets the sound pillars in. As long as he can do those things, then he's free to go out and do cold social dynamics. If if he... No, no, no. I'll pause that. I'll pause that. We'll get, that, we'll get to that in a second. That's where we're going to tie in with one of my clients. So I'll say to him... To begin with, where should he begin? 30 night challenge or 30 day challenge? It's romantic of me to want to say 30 day challenge is where he should begin because that's where I began. But actually, his growth would be faster if he started in the night. Yeah, it would be. It definitely would be. If he has the option to go out at night, the growth would be much faster at night. And when I say growth, I mean just the realization of how much he sucks. He'll realize how much he sucks far faster in the night than he will in the day. Not that you won't realize how much you suck in the day. You're going to get that easily. Just not as fast. You get it so quickly in the night. So actually, if I had to design it perfectly, I would say 30 night challenge. If it's available, I'd say 30 night challenge to begin with. I'd say 30 night challenge just primarily because of how fast it's going to be. And we're just going to see how we can do and that when he goes out for 30, 30 nights in a row, the structure for that is going to be very simple. Being a five, not a particular hard case, but not particularly natural either, being a five, he should be able to handle a minimum of five interactions at an absolute minimum, which is the minimum to do in the day as well, yet the expectation is going to be slightly different in the night than in the day. The expectation of going out at night if you're in your first 30-day challenge of social dynamics, if you just, you're just kind of going to put yourself in the, in the feet of it. Let's put yourself in the feet of it. For those of you that are listening right now, say that you've done them before, but say that you haven't. Okay, I'm going out for 30 days in a row. I'm going out for 30 nights in a row. What's the reason? I don't want to be alone on Friday night. Well, and eventually that I want to have deep, meaningful relationships. Going out in the day and doing five interactions versus going out at night, going out and doing five interactions – which one scares you more? For most people, in the day, in the day, the weight of five interactions might feel like hundred kilos, but the weight of five interactions at night feels like a gram. <laughs> I'm exaggerating there, but that's it, it. You know, it might not be exactly like that, but some of you might be like, "No, five interactions at night really scares the shit out of me." Yeah, okay, well, not nearly as much. I'm just talking about the ratios here and talking about the percentage change. Versus day versus night, going out and doing something in the day. That's why most people don't meet people in the people in the day. That's why there's a far more people will go out uh, who are doing social dynamics in the night than they will in the day. Because in the night they've got the guys of night, they've got the distractions of the cocaine, the alcohol, and the pepperoni. So, <laughs> the pepperoni. <laughs> so the you, the fucking kebabs, the old kebabby. <laughs> so, so the weight is going to be different. So that's why I say the minimum is the same. I still want him is he succeeds the night if he does a minimum of five direct intent interactions, but I will infuse within him the idea that they're not very heavy because you can do five interactions at night in literally 30 seconds probably at, at, a, at the minimum. Probably, you could, depending on what environment you're in, you could probably do it even faster, but not well, not well. To do them like legitimately at the absolute fastest even 30 seconds is cutting it pretty fucking fine. Yeah, you need about a minute at least, normally. And I'm talking about just or what that would look like is that all you're doing is just opening people. There's no qualification, investment or close. It's just purely opening, which is the minimum. That's all you have to do when you're just beginning. But you also got to remember that I'm setting them out solo. So it's, it's 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 there's added pressure there as well. And by the way, just keep this in mind, guys. This is a this is accounting for someone who is a five on the scale that has no other underlying, deeply egoically attached, limiting beliefs or negative self perceptions. Right. So if you're if you have any of those, then don't just apply what I'm saying. Don't take what I'm saying right now and go, oh, that's for me then. Oh, that's what I'll do then. No, no, no. I'm not saying this is for you guys. I'm saying that you need to take this as framework or structure and then infuse yourself and take into account all of your uh all of your factors. Okay. So so Cinema and I go going solo, if he can do 30 nights in a row, five direct and ten interactions at a minimum, but I really put the weight on him to do more. I would say, you know, if it's my son in particular as well, which is gonna kind of fuck with the analogy, is that well, he's gonna you're gonna see some bias here. I'm gonna say, listen, don't come home if you haven't done at least half an hour. I go out for half an hour and see how many you can do in half an hour, is what I'm going to say. But he's like, but dad, I thought you said you go to meet minimum five. Yeah, I'm saying meet minimum of five. But listen, you're, you're not, I don't want you to be, you want to be a fucking shrimp? You want to be a fucking fish? Don't be a fish. Just do a minimum of half an hour on your own. You can do half an hour. Don't come home. I'm not opening the door. <laughs> I'd say, that, yeah, I'm not opening the door if you don't come home I have to do doing half an hour. And it's like, I said to do a bar where one of my friends runs it so he can keep a check on you. You can watch the CCTV. <laughs> he's like, fuck, sit so down. I have no excuse so anyways that's just me putting a bit of bias on him but you know ideally for those of you now to take it out of the biased Adam to sun analogy if you're going out at night uh, you shouldn't be going home before it, it depends on your factors it depends on where you are on the scale but if you're an average person of social skill set who's a five you can manage half an hour going out on your own right? you can manage half an hour and you can get five interactions done in half an hour and that's being extremely generous as well you do, you do five interactions in five minutes, easy. No, I mean, I, I say it's easy, but it's because I'm speaking from experience. But you know what I'm saying. Like, like physically, based on the physics of the world, it's not difficult to do five interactions in five minutes. Maybe the physics of your internal neural network of liberty believes it might be, but not in terms of actually physically getting your body from interaction to interaction. That's all I'm saying. So he's going to go ahead and do that once he completes his first 30 night challenge. And of course, the way that a 30 night challenge works is that as you build more com- or any 30 day challenge of deeply immersive period, it's an analysis time. It's a time in which that we're using relentless action, accurate feedback, sound guidance key to that, the accurate feedback. He's going to record every interaction. He's going to break them down every single night in his journal. Positives. What was good about that? Improvements. What do I need to improve next time? Improvements to make. Every interaction before he goes to bed must show me the journal or break it down, done. That's the ammunition for the next night and for the next night and for the next night and just builds upon each other to the point where after about two weeks, the vomiting, the nausea, the crying, that all starts to go away and now you actually start to enjoy the process. You start going out, nah, having fun, getting excited about it. Not that he didn't have excitement to begin with, but now it's not just excitement to be getting after it. Now it's actually, no, nah, I'm really having fun now. It's like, now nah, I really enjoy the process. That's what happens when you get two weeks in, essentially, for most people anyway, you know, depending on where you are on the scale, depending on your own mental makeup, neural makeup. But for this guy, for, for a son who's five, who's five on the scale, that's definitely most likely going to be the case, as history would dictate with all my previous clients and myself. Once the 30 night challenge is done, you're going to take two weeks off, two weeks off, and we would isolate what. Issues were the standouts. What really needs to be improved the most? Let's give him a couple of very common ones. Let's say that eh, his qualification could use a lot more sharpening. Let's say that he bails a little too quickly on qualification, not willing to stand the pocket. Let's say that he rushes out of investment, doesn't build enough investment, and kind of shoots towards the clothes a little too quickly, uh, isn't willing to bounce the girl, hasn't learned to bounce uh, to a more deeper and comfortable environment to develop. Greater levels of comfort and trust. So, I'm going to work on these things. And uh, okay, let's just call it that. A little sharpening on qualification and a little more deeper into investment. That's what he's missing. If those are the things that we've ascertained, I'm then going to flip the script and I'm going to move them to the day. And then we're going to do an action block in the day because to refine social skill set is actually better targeted in the day. While in the night, to just gain reference of social skill set is always going to be better just because more people in a more condensed environment with less factors that would make it harder to meet them. Everything's working in your favor to get volume of experience in the night. Whereas in the day, it's kind of the opposite. Everything's working against you. People are in their own time. People are in their own emotions. People have got things that, you know, they're just. it's all about them. It's all about them. Whereas, whereas when you go into the night, it's about us. No one walks into a nightclub thinking it's all about me. Okay, there's probably some tosser that does. But most people walk into a nightclub thinking, Ah, let's all have a good time here. Let's Everyone's here to have a good time. Have a fun, you too. Ta- yes, damn It's like, it's always that mindset when you go into a club that, yeah, unless you're just a, a terrible person, no one's walking into the club thinking, no, all the fun's for me. All <laughs> the fun's for me. <laughs> Can you just imagine some absolute fish who just walks into a nightclub, who just looks at everyone else having fun, he goes, no, <laughs> just tries to take the fun from everyone <laughs> I just love that voice as well. <laughs> oh, I hope some of you guys having a good chuckle as well hashtag chuckle <laughs> oh the fun's for me <laughs> I just enjoy that too much. The guy that I'm picturing is like a little hamster. Like, there's a hamster of a human being who's just, he's like a five foot four, pale as white, orange freckles, orange hair in a comb over. And he's got a nice buttoned up collared shirt. And he's just, no. Nope. What <laughs> a fun <form> for me. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? Okay, we're gonna get off this. Otherwise, I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna end this podcast now and just search for that guy endlessly for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, I have too much fun on these podcasts. Tanner, she's sick it. So, where was I with that? Where was I with that? Oh, the collective. The collective. We're all having fun. Whereas in the day, uh, no one's out going in the day. Who's going? All right, let's all have fun here today. You know, it's like I'm on the way to get my suit tailored. I'm on the way back to the office. I need to get my bananas. You know that that's where people are at during the day. So things are working against you. But because of the, even if socially the factors aren't working for you in the day, there's a lot of shit you're pushing uphill. There's a lot of shit being pushed downhill in the way of magic. In the way of reduced noise. And with reduced noise, we can create more magic. Now, let me just park the magic for a second because that's going to get very romantic. Stay on the social skill set. The point of what I'm saying here is that to refine social skill set, that's why my boot camps with clients always start in the day. Boot camps in the client, when I'm analyzing a so a client's social dynamics, it's always a 30-day challenge, not 30 night. I will do night challenges and night blocks with them after, but I'm not going to get a clear read of their open qualification investment clothes, the toolbox of social dynamics, as I have created and described much in these last six years. I am not going to get a read for that in the night. There's too much distraction. But in the day, I'm going to get a really good read for that and I'm going to be able to refine it. We always do that first. However, However, none of the guys might say, then why did you start your, uh, why did you start, you started on going out in the night? That was purely just to get him a body of reference to understand, uh, really, because we need to take a, I said to you about my client before, overcoming yourself. When you first begin social dynamics, if you're going to, especially going to begin it right, most of it has got absolutely, actually, almost all of it has nothing to do with learning social skills. It's just overcoming yourself. As long as you've got a audio recorder going on, I'm going to understand where your issues lie. But if your interactions are ending in one minute, two minutes, you you are not seeing, we're never going to see a full illumination of your social skill set anyway. If I can just get you more reps, tons of reps, going out of night first is always going to be best. Then when I want to understand, okay, let's really target skills, let's target social skills, then we switch to the day. Of course, you could start on the day and get that as well. I'm just saying that if I had a son right now, Based on where I'm at right now, that's what I would choose. Just it would just expediate the process. <clears throat> Trust me, for, for I can just hear all my clients right now who are currently on 30 day challenges going. But why did I have to start with a 30 day challenge? For most of you, you didn't have night available to you, and for most of you, you didn't start on a boot camp with me. The only time I've no, not even that. No, even with my clients that do advanced social dynamics bootcamps with me, they always they had to complete the foundational day. But that's purely from a coaching mindset. That's purely from from someone who needs to, who's obviously delivering a service based on efficiency of isolating your social issues. If I'm there with you in person, it's a different thing. If I live with you, that's a different thing is what I'm saying with my son. If I have access to you 24-7, it's a different thing. But if you're one of my clients, I don't have that access and I haven't spent that much time with you in person. I could isolate your social skill set as well in the day as I could – sorry, as well in the night as I could in the day if I had you in person, absolutely. But not if I'm working through you because you live in Germany or you live in Los Angeles or London or in a different city in Australia – Day is always going to give me because of that reduced noise is what I was just going on before. I was just realizing that I had to explain this because for some of my clients, I can hear them feeling some contradiction in what I'm saying. Don't get so caught up in what I'm doing with my son as for you. If you're one of my clients listening, there's a reason why you're doing it in the day first, whether because you don't have night as an option or because of the fact that you haven't done a boot camp or an in-person, spent a great deal of time in person with me, which is exactly what my son would have done. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense to my current clients. That should. So, so action blocks done in the day. Definitely action blocks done in the day. Uh, once he's done his 30-night challenge and the action blocks are very much just targeted the skill set. He's going to be able to slow down the interactions. We're going to be able to pick interactions apart a lot more. Going to be able to refine a lot more. And those are going to go for four weeks at a time interspersed with two to four week breaks in between. And then, but at the same time, he's going to have nights out that are going to be fun. He's going to have night, and this is, this is how I would love to design it, is that if you could, listen, and also don't get, don't get hurt right now if you're on a 30-day challenge and saying, shit, should I just stop doing the 30-day challenge and go and do, switch to the 30-day, 30-night challenge if that's available to you. No, no, no. If you've already started a 30-day challenge, complete it. Like I said, I started with a 30-day challenge and I've done four of them in my life. So it's... I I did one, the one that I had to do, and then I've done three just for the fun of them, just to see what the fuck could be done. And also part of it, because I was learning, I was a coach at the time as well. So I always just like to be in the roots with uh, being the uh, fucking trenches. But like, make sure I know what it feels like, because if I'm sending my clients in, I better have done it a few times myself. So but what I'm saying is that just because you're doing a 30 day challenge in the day right now, it doesn't mean that it's, Less worthy than in the night. You just you're not just gonna not get as much experience, as all I'm saying. But you can always go and do night action blocks after. Okay. I'm just having to cover so many different angles right now for people that might have started in different places. So but but if he started with a 30-night challenge, do action blocks in the day and then have nights that interspersed without, and this would be his first year of work. Let's just finish this point up here. His first year of work after we've analyzed in a 30-day challenge at the beginning of the year, let's say he came to me in January. Third, fall of January, did a 39 challenge, after that, a few weeks break, then an action block in the day, which is goes for four weeks, he's going to do three days, back to back, 10 interactions every day, back to back, for three days in a row of the week, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he's going to do that four weeks in a row, that's an action block, he's going to take a few weeks off, we're going to look at how much growth, was happened within that, how fast he's progressing, do we need to add things, do we need to take things out, and then he's going to take two to four weeks off, from doing that in the day, but, we're going to stay on him in the night. He's going to be going out at least once a week in the night in his off period from the day. He's going to be going out at least once a, once a week in the night, if not more. Go out as much as you want in the night, really, uh, just to manage your energy levels and what else you're doing in life. Just don't have to go out for as long, but keep your beak wet. Keep your goose loose in what it means to go out at night. Because like I was saying before, that the skill set learned at night is primarily the skill set of subcommunication. Whereas the skill set learned in the day is primarily the skill set of conscious communication. In the day, the refinery of your conscious communication is intense. In the night, the same can be said but for your subcoms. Because the conscious comms just aren't getting through. You can't be a suave James Bond just talking it up and just diving into the depths of someone's uh, life story in the night. Not only do they not want to do that, but it's hard to do that anyway because of how loud it is. So we need to use our bodies, we need to use our eye contact, our vocal projection, the tonality of our voice more more so than the uh, literality and the wording and the verbose, the verbality of what we are saying. It's more about just how we're communicating our energy. You learn energy in the night far more than you do in the day. And so if he can be simultaneously for the entire year, this is where we wrap this point up, For the, simultaneously for the year, if he can just be Ebbing and flowing between refining skill set in the day and then using if you can just imagine the day is like his workshop and then the night is the field. In during the day, when he goes out to work to refine his social skill set in the day, that's him taking a break from the riverbank and from the hammer and just going back, just taking a few steps back, going back to the workshop on the riverbank, and just say, How can I improve the hammer? How can I get a better grip on this? How can I, you know, sharpen this edge or how can I refine this and how can I smooth this out? And, you know, maybe I'll just study a little bit, a better way of swing, and you know, just do some practice with some other things, maybe get some other minds in here. You know, it's like it's workshopping. That's what going out in the day is like. It's workshopping because it's at a slower pace. You can't do as many interactions. Ten interactions in any given day is a lot of interactions depending on the city depending on the, the the day of the week of course but if you live in that city you know if you're gonna be going out and doing 10 interactions each day for three days back to back in an action block you know it's it's a reasonable amount of people in the day not not considering like a boot camp example where you're gonna meet maybe 25 to 30 people in a day sometimes sometimes more actually if you're at my boot camp but what was I going with that? Oh, just workshopping, slowing it down. It's just a slow pace and that you can take time to just refine your tools and refine your open, refine your qualification, refine your investment, refine your clothes. Refine, 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 refine. That's what's happening in the day. But then if you're doing those action blocks throughout the year, then if you can, once that's done, when the sun goes down and the night comes out, you can just go out and you can just have fun with the hammer. Going out at night should primarily, once you have got the wheels moving on your journey of social dynamics, should not be laborious. It should not be refining at the night. It should be experimentation. It should be testing. It should be illumination of the possibilities of our human experience. That is what the night is for because the variables are so uncontrollable. It's very hard to go out for, say, three nights in a row and get any form at the end of it, any sense at the end of those three nights and go, okay, this was a very clear pattern. This is a clear pattern. It's very hard to get clear patterns in the night. And I'm not talking about of you. Like, it's very very easy to get clear patterns of you, like where you fuck up. What I'm talking about is clear patterns of where we can get the same scenario each time, where it's... The girl was or the woman was at this it was at this time 9 p.m at this bar at this in this particular part of the bar on the couch and she had this friend of her one friend and no one else interrupted run it again do the same thing. it's you can't do that at night it's just you might get serendipitous situations if you go to the same bars and you just happen upon a similar situation every now and again but it's you guys can see it's a it's a futile process if you were to chase that. So rather than chasing that at night, it is experimentation in which that take the skills that I've been refining on and just throw them against the wall. Just take, and for the example of the riverbank, swinging the hammer, take what I learned in the workshop and then just almost put a fucking blindfold on, so to speak, and to just pick up the hammer and just start swinging in every way, which direction. It's like I spent all day focused on one nail or four nails particularly. That when I was working on my bridge during the day, I had the hammer, I took my stance and I swung and I swung again and again on these four different nails, open qualification, investment, close, again and again. About 10 times actually during the day. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to focus so hard on those nails, those particular nails. But this bridge is a big bridge to build of our social skill set. And there's a lot to be explored within this bridge. And while I was maybe working on this one plank, now when I go out at night, now it's like I basically got a blindfold on because the sun's gone down in this analogy. So let me just pick up the hammer and just start swinging. Look, There's nails all over the fucking framework that we have here that need to be nailed in. The nail of, oh, use my body to communicate sexual energy. The nail of, oh, use my eyes to open her. The nail of, drop the tonality and barely say a word. Say one word, but say it in the sexiest way possible. Can I do that? The nail of, just take her by the hand. Don't even, just put the hand out and just move. Just lead. Oh, the nail of, read when she's comfortable to be able to go in for the kiss. The nail of, when I put my arm around the back of her hip and that she moves closer towards me, what do I do then? The progression of what I'm talking about here, of the graduation of physical touch, there's so many different nails that have to be hammered in for you to learn that skill that to go out each night, while you might realize that, okay, I particularly, like I have a problem with say, for example, when I get hip to hip with a woman, with moving my hand up to the back of her neck and pulling her in for a kiss, maybe I have a problem with that, but as a general point, it's something that needs to be learned. It's something that needs to be learned of when I see a dance floor and I see a whole bunch of people, it's so actually just, there's a hammer over there, there's a, there's a nail over there. Of, I need to learn how to get loose. I need to learn how to enter the consciousness of this room and this environment and just loosen up my body first. So many clients when I've taken them out at night are just like absolute frozen lobsters. Frozen lobsters. It hurts. Have you ever picked up a frozen lobster? It hurts. Right, You will cut yourself on a frozen lobster. Well, for my friends in Australia, a crayfish. What's the Pokemon version? Kraton? Is it Cradon, <laughs> Is it? I don't think it's look, oh, I think Kraydon might be one of them, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. It's a funny one that Ash had. I can see it in my face, in my head, but I can't remember his name. Whatever. So, so what I'm pointing out here is that when you go out at night... It's experimentation time. It's it's time to yes. While you will by the process of just going out and meeting people at night, refine your skills. Of course, it's just it's not going to be in such a linear process. It's not going to be in such a targeted process. It's not going to be in a way in which that you can assuringly, repeatedly work on the same skill. You know, you might walk in or you rock up walk before even before that. At Chotamai, even before that, when you just rock up on the line into entering the club, there's a whole set of skills of what could be learnt within just that one particular moment. Many, many of the greatest interactions I've had at night start in the line. That's where they begin, and so there's hammer, there's there's nails to be hammered within that. But then when you walk into the club, it's like okay, so I, I was learning how to interact with people in the line. I was learning how to create a connection with a girl in the line that i could potentially act upon later on in the night don't need to get too deep into it right now but i've touched base with her exchanged names this is fucking uh casey and name's that yeah you know, okay cool who's your friend all right introduce her to my friend or if i'm out there solo about to meet my friend in there i'll tell you uh, you guys can meet up later whatever you establish an initial connection it's like okay i got that that lesson of establishing initial connection within the entry point to the venue great but then the moment you enter the venue, a whole different lesson appears, which is that two absolute feisty mamas, a couple of Latinas, a couple of hot mamas are right there. And now it's like, shit, now i have going to go up and learn to interact with these two. This is a totally different lesson to the one that I was just presented with. Different environment, different energy. What? Do I, it's like it's, everything is different about it. Okay, let's go. So swing the hammer again. And it's like, that's what I think about in the difference between day and night is that when I'm going out at night over a year, over the year of his first year, my 19-year-old son. During the night, I wanted to have as much fun as possible, which means experimenting as much as possible, which is don't have such uh, strict... You need to be strict to the point of discipline that gets you out, but then once you're out, swing the fucking hammer as much as you can in any direction that you can. If two absolute milfs that are like 40 years old out in the smoker's lounge, out in the smoker's garden decide that they just want to have a fucking make out with you don't not do that because you're thinking oh but shit i was supposed to be working on this you know it's like no you take what you can learn take what you can learn in that moment and that's what's on offer to you at night that's how you get a hundred interactions done uh in the night all right just chop that for a second here guys Okay, I think I understand what's going on. It's not that the lighting on my camera has actually changed. It's just that the screen goes to like a power saving, like dimming. I think that's always happening. I I, I do apologize if I fucked up the lighting on the YouTube version. I don't know. I must have fucked up the settings. I've never done that before. Okay, so where was I with all this? Let's get a recap. Let's, Let's get our heads back out here. Guys, this is our first BDP solo podcast in a long fucking time. We've almost been going for almost two hours and I'm not even done yet. It's has been a while. It's a bit of a while. I got some stuff to get out of here. So yeah, I wanted to bring you just back out macro here as we're talking about approaching the journey of social dynamics. We've been very tactical right here in which that whether it's going to be day or night, don't get caught up on whether you're my son or not. It's very much going to be based on you. If you only have day available, that's what you got. Either way, 30-day or 30-night challenge is where everyone begins. Why? Because it is the tool of analysis. It is how we are going to clear the foundations, clear the space on this riverbank to build a bridge that will get us across the river, clear the foundations in this forest to build our temple upon. It's an analysis. It's the time to understand through an immersive, compounded period of time of what I'm good at and what I suck at so that throughout the the rest of the year, so that throughout the rest of the year, I may target those issues found within the 30-day challenge and work on the things that I'm already good at. We'll do both things simultaneously. Throughout your action blocks, four weeks at a time, four weeks at a time, three days back-to-back, not three days interspersed, not Monday, Friday, Sunday, no, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three days back-to-back. We still want a compounded effect. We don't want to piss in the wind. We still want to get back-to-back references. We're going to do that four weeks on. And it's going to be, if it's going to be going out in the day and doing that, uh, which is in an action block, that's definitely what I recommend is doing your action blocks primarily through the day. Because as I said before, more refined. It's going to be a little bit reduced noise. Not just a little bit, a lot more reduced noise. I'm going to get about clearer, more controlled variables. Going to get that in the day. Going to get a really good feel for how you're improving, how you're growing. Going to learn that social savviness. Going to learn that Conscious social communication, that conscious communication in the day a lot more. You're going to be expected to perform at a higher level in the day than you are at night. Right? It's just it's a much harder environment to interact in. Let's just call it what it is. But then during those four weeks of that action block, say you went out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. At least one night during those during that action block, at least one night you should be going out at night just to fucking let loose, just to let loose, swing the hammer. Does it have to be solo? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you have a if you have a wing, go out of a wing. If you have a group of friends that you like to go out, with, go out of your group of friends. However, I will say this: when we're talking about approaching the journey of social dynamics, it's very dangerous to go out with people that are not in the same mindset as you which is why I would actually prefer that you do go out solo if you do not have like-minded people. And and when I say like-minded, actually, let's just, t- just trash that. Aligned. Not like-minded, but aligned. Because you can have a group of guys, five, six group of guys, five, six guys in a group that are all like-minded in the sense that they all want to go out and meet people. But they can all be doing it for very different reasons, some for less... Honorable reasons. So it's not enough to go out of like-minded people. That was a mess up on my part. I was just flying off the handle. Aligned is the word I was looking for. That you only want to go out with people that are aligned, that you're coming from the same place, that your motivations are coming from the same place, that they are grounded in internal, humble, honorable, direct, congruent, authentic mindsets. That is what I'm looking for. If you don't have someone like that, it's better just go out on your own because then it's just you and you. And at least you are going to be honorable, Right? I'd much rather that. It's What I'm saying there is that it's better to grow alone as a lone seed in your garden than to be surrounded by toxic seeds. Yeah? By by weeds, essentially. But you don't have to. You don't have to go out alone. If you can find some aligned people, go out with aligned people during that action block, but at least one night of the week, just to let loose, just to have fun, just to experiment as you're workshopping during the day on those three days, go out during the night. In your rest periods from the day action blocks where because you do that four weeks in a row but then you're going to take probably two to four weeks off after that depending on your energy levels depending on what's going on in your life. Then go out more in the night then and still just to have fun though still just to swing the hammer and when I'm saying have fun I don't mean that passively. Some of you might get a little confused and go well I've heard in other podcasts Adam you say having fun is like the uh, Patrick Starfish passive mode not the SpongeBob SquarePants hustle mode, which is active. No, no, no. It's actually something very different that I'm talking about. Having fun is still active. You're still actively going out to do work. It's just that the manner in which you're doing work is very, very fun. It's just actively fun. In which that I, if Adam said for three days in a row I need to work on qualification at this specific point within the interaction and in this particular way, it's very rigid. It's very strict and it's very structured. You know exactly whether you're on or off. But then if Adam says, now that you've got two or four weeks off of doing that, go out in the night and just fucking swing the hammer. Just have fun. Hit as many nails as you can. Go make out with the MILF. Go handle some confrontational friends. Go have some guy that tries to rock up in you a, in a more than aggressive way and have to handle a situation. Go chill out with the fucking hostile people that bring you back and they want you to smoke weed but you have to hold by your principles but then the German girl wants to suck your dick and it's, okay, just go experience everything you possibly experience but make sure that you are focused on experiencing. It's not when you go out at night to just, eh, I'm a fucking Patrick Starfish it up and I'm gonna just sit here all night and talk to one person all night, you know, or just talk to no one all night and just fucking have a drink. You know, it's not, it's not that. When you're going out at night, it's still active. It's still active as you're going out. And then this just now repeats. This is just repeats throughout the year. We document your progress. We analyze your progress. We understand where you're at, what's moving well, what's not moving well. What do we need to add extra focus to? What can we loosen up on? What can I say actually? You know what? You're pretty good at this now. Let's forget about that. And now let's focus on this. And this just goes on and on and on throughout the entire year. And then at the end of the year, we take a full scope. We'll take a full scope at the end of your first year of journey. By the way, guys, this all accounts for the fact that you actually did what we said you would do. (laughs) That you didn't fail anyway along the journey. Now, How likely is it that any of you won't fail on the journey? You would not be in the journey if you weren't going to fail at some point. The very nature of the journey is paved in L's. The way up the mountain is paved in L's. The way to your success is paved in failures. It's just that we want to select the right type of failures. Micro failures are fine. To fail again and again within a micro interaction, to fail again and again within seeing a woman that you're attracted to and to just mess up, open qualification, investment, close, get things back to front, just completely miss sections altogether, to just fuck up your frame and to fuck up your intent and have your eyes all over the place, vocal tonalities just out the window, you know, to just again and again make mistakes within the micro, it's fine. It's fine. No problem with that. Those are the failures we want. The failures I do not want and that you do not want are the macro ones are the ones where you actually don't do the work. The ones where you fail to do the work. It's okay to fuck up the work, but to not even engage the work, that's not okay. It's not okay because what are we here for? What did you say that you would be doing this for? Were you lying to me? You're lying to yourself. If you have to restart challenges, restart action blocks... If you consistently cannot stay consistent to the journey of which you said you wish to walk, then we have big problems. That's big problems. And that is going to hamper and limit your progress on the journey of social dynamics in ways that you can't imagine. Let me give you an example. I would much rather, let's say let's duplicate, let's duplicate my 19-year-old son. Let's take son A, son B. Son A completes all the work across his first year of social dynamics. So a 30-night challenge followed by let's say 10 action blocks for the rest of the year. 10? Yes. Nine. We'll say nine. We'll say a 30-night challenge, which is January, the nine more months of action blocks interspersed with a few weeks off. So around that, okay? But for the majority of the year, he's gone out. with a few weeks off and interspersed between. But even in his weeks off he's still going out at night. You know, I'm talking about weeks off the action blocks during the day. He's going to do a full month on, which is going to be a full month back to back, and then he's going to do nine action blocks which would be 3 days back to back within each week for 4 weeks. So it's a lot of work. Let's say though he does all of it. He does not miss a session. He does not skip a session. He barely performs an average level. Let's say he barely meets a five. Out of 10 interactions, he can barely successfully complete even five of them. And even within those five that were completed, they were very, very average. But he still showed up. That's son A. Let's versus him versus the Sun B. Compare him to Sun B. Sun B is way more naturally gifted. Let's say he's more closer to a seven. He's bordering on socially comp- uh, socially unconsciously competent. He's getting up to eight, eight, nine, and 10. But let's just say not quite there. Let's say he's a seven. He's just very high-end socially competent. Let's say he completes the first 30-day or 30-night challenge because if he didn't, he wouldn't be doing the action blocks. So he definitely completed that. But throughout the rest of the year, he had nine action blocks to complete. And let's say he only completed four of them. Maybe three, three or four of them. Which means what I'm saying there is that for the rest of the year, he only went out for half the time he was supposed to, in comparison to Sun Air and also what he was prescribed. Let's say within those interactions that he did complete, within the action blocks he did complete, he performed really well. Let's say he did great. Let's say he, he, he gave a definitely competent level of social skills within those. Who would you rather be? Who would you rather be is the question I'm asking you right now in this podcast. I can tell you who I'd rather be. And I think you guys know the answer, but do you understand the answer? The journey of social dynamics does not end in one year. I don't care how naturally gifted you are. The journey of social dynamics extends to the rest of your life. Once you learn about what social dynamics is, there's no going back. You can't unlearn. It filters into every aspect of your life. The way that you interact with your mom, the way that you interact with your co-workers, with your co-partners, with the entrepreneurs that are working alongside you, with your clients, with the people that engage you on social media, with the old lady down the street the person that checked out of you at the supermarket. Your social dynamics is integral to every single aspect and moment of your waking day. The mindset and the mentality that you would approach your own development with is more important to me than how much micro-growth you experienced in a one-year window. The mindset that Sun A has to complete the work No matter how much adversity there was, no matter how much he sucked, no matter how much discomfort and pressure and overwhelming intensity he felt during it, but somehow still maintained the love, still maintained the love for the journey, the peace with the outcome, and the joy for doing the damn thing. He is far more likely to become a man. Son B, who fucking skipped out on half the work. Yeah, but because he was more naturally predicated to being good at social dynamics, just thought it was okay, just let it slide within himself, he's going to may more likely, he will most likely grow up to be a boy who looks like a man. The mentality is what I'm talking about. That This is why I'm so hardcore on my clients that when they skip a day on a challenge, restart, and they know it to the point where I don't even have to say it because they know that they can't come back to me and say, Hey, Adam, on day nine, I uh, had to fucking do this. Or day nine, I just didn't feel like doing it. Or on day nine, I just uh, you know got too much for me, so I didn't do it. But then I went back out the next day and I completed the challenge. My clients would never even think of coming back to me and saying, is that okay? Because they know it's not okay. Because the energy that I give them is that we're training commitment. We're training mentality. We're training you to become a man. We're training you to become a respectable person, an honorable person. And an honorable person maintains their word. If you do say something, you say that you'll do it, you do it. Regardless of what you have to put up with, you do it. Social dynamics is not just about the micro-interaction of who you're interacting with. It's who you're going to become for the rest of your life. It's who, who are you becoming. Who do you want to be? It's more important to me to just do the work. I don't care how well you perform within the work, just do it. You know why? Because the work works. For those of you that are super hard case, believe it. The work works. It might take longer for it to work because you take longer to work. This is what it is. It is what it is. If you were not born with natural presets, social skills, and you were not raised in a conducive environment for social expression, it will take longer for you to work with the work. But maintain the belief that the work will work. Not only because I can tell you that, because I've worked with people that are now five years into the journey. I've worked with people that were absolute hard cases that have eclipsed themselves. I have people that were unconsciously incompetent that are now consciously competent. Do you know how much that fucking lights me up? It lights me up to... That's why I do what I do so passionately. Because I've seen people who have been unconsciously incompetent brought to the point of conscious competence. And the effect that has on their lives beyond just the romance, just beyond the fact that they can go out and meet a random attractive member of the opposite gender, that now... Actually, they have harmonious relationships with their family, that they are at peace with themselves. The journey of learning social dynamics is not just coming to peace with learning how to interact with someone in front of you. It's coming to peace within yourself. To sleep well at night, knowing that I'm doing the best that I can in this life, regardless of the external measure. I found my own measure of peace. Because I knew today, I had a conversation with my mom that was going to be super difficult, but I fucking handled it. Because I knew today that when I had to break up a relationship with this woman, that I did it in the right way, I fucking handled it. I did it empathetically, did it direct, congruent, authentic. And I made sure that she always felt like there was honour within it. And I learned all of this because back in the day when I was 19 years old, I did what I said I would do. Because I had that fucking madman yelling at me saying that you finish what you start. Stay true to your word. Become honorable. Supreme excellence is rooted in honor, which is rooted in honesty. It's okay to suck. It's okay to be overwhelmed by the pressure of the journey. But don't demonize the journey. Don't hate the journey for it and then stop the journey because it became so overwhelming. Note that it was you that gave in to the overwhelming pressure of yourself It was you who overwhelmed yourself. The journey itself does not care for you. The journey itself does not care for you either way. The journey does not love you. The journey does not hate you. The journey is just the journey. And the journey will always be your journey. Yes, sir. (laughs) That's what I'm fucking talking about. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that could not have come out any better cut that clip up cut that clip up mm. oh my god oh wow <laughs> Jeffrey gets me so hyped now I just want to go out and just meet 30 people right now just 5 minutes let's go <laughs> that's exactly how I feel after it. oh man Hmm. <sighs> you breathe that shit in that is some good shit. That really just lights your heart up. And so, some say is, yeah, don't demonize the journey. Don't demonize the journey. It's okay to, to, it's okay to, when you, someone from my client, I'm just thinking about right now, where you think that, shit, I don't have that excitement, don't have that get up that you're talking about, Adam okay that if it's not there in absolute drowning buckets, but there has to be a drop. And actually that drop has to be fucking diamond that you hold on to every single day. That amongst all the other shit around this diamond of, oh, I'm inadequate. Oh, I suck. Oh, I can't do this well. Oh, this woman's not going to like me. Oh, what if this person cares? Oh, shit. My friends and family wouldn't accept this. You know, amongst all the other shit, if you have within your palm, this little shining diamond that goes but it's the work, and it's the journey, and I love it because of that, and I have the joy to just be able to craft on this diamond day after day. See this diamond day after day. It's a privilege. It's gratitude. It's a rare human experience. Life is so rare. Who am I to take this for granted? There are people who don't have legs. There are people who just got blown up literally right then in some war-torn conflict. You don't, you don't know how rare it is to be alive right now to be doing what you're doing to have anything less than absolute gratitude to be able to experience this life as a mechanical physical being is just it doesn't make any fucking sense it does not make any sense you're so overprivileged to take for granted the fact that you could do anything right now even just to breathe there are people that just stopped breathing in the sec in the 2 hours some that we've been doing this podcast I, oh, what's the math I don't know, what's the, I don't want to do the, take me off the side, listen, three people roughly every second die, there's three people dead, there's three people dead, there's three people dead, a lot of people die a lot of the time, the fact that you're not one of them, if you're still listening to this, brilliant, brilliant, act accordingly, do what you need to do, do what you must do, but do it in a way that you love it. If you must go out and face your inadequacies, do it in a way that you love it. If you must swing the hammer, because you know that's what you need to do to improve who you are, do it in a way in which that would not only bring joy to yourself, but that would bring joy to others. Like I said, going right back to when I was 19, I was ready to vomit, ready to throw up every single day for the first two weeks of my first 30-day challenge, but not for a second did I ever not want to bring joy to the other person. That not for a second, didn't I have that little heart beating inside of me that goes, but this is fucking good. This is fucking good. Let's go. Let's go. I may not have had double lollipops, but there was a beating heart that was like, let's go. If you don't have that, don't go out. Please don't. Save everyone else the pain and save yourself the pain. You can find pain and you can do painful things in other ways. It's just not that way. Not Don't do it to the thing that I love. Don't treat the journey that I love with such disrespect that you would go out without that excitement and without that drive and enthusiasm to do the work for the sake of doing the work itself. Won't have it. Won't have it. Go to someone else. Go to a different coach. Go to a different coach who's all about get bitches, get money, All right. And then you can go get bitches and get money. And there are coaches that are very effective at getting bitches and getting money. But do those, are those coaches, are they the ones that you would want standing beside you when the hordes are at your gates? When that you have to say goodbye to your child for the last time. And that your mother of children is standing there next to you crying her eyes out. But you have to suit up. You have to suit up. You have to sack up. You have to sword up and get your shield out to be able to defend this village. And knowing that you're probably not going to come back. Who do you want standing next to you? The person who's get money, get bitches? Is that the person that you want? Or do you want the person that goes do the fucking work and enjoy the work for itself? Engage in a process. Swing the hammer for the sake of swinging the hammer itself. Honorable. Excellence. It's okay if you suck day after day. Show up. Fucking show up, even if you suck. Show up. Because one day, if you show up enough, you'll either die for you either succeed first or you die trying. If one day, one day, if you live long enough, but you keep showing up, you will succeed or you die after that. One of those two things is gonna happen. Succeed first or die trying. I'll either succeed first or I'll die trying. I've been saying it to myself for years and years and years. You either succeed first or you die trying. And that's where the excitement comes from, which is that, hey, there's actually a chance that I might succeed just as long as I fucking show up. And that's actually not the best mentality, but it's better than the one of, well, I have reverence for the journey, but I'm certainly not going to bring excitement and joy to it. You know, I much rather, and I I told you guys I was going to, I was going to talk about the pizza guy story. How about this? We'll wrap up with the pizza guy story. I have mentioned the Pizza Guy story many times in this podcast. Not in the once, once or twice in Social QA Live, but I've done an entire video on the Pizza Guy story. It's an old video called The Greatest Teacher in Life Will Always Be Experience, or The Greatest Teacher in Life is Experience. For my client right now, if you're listening to this, please dial into the story. For all of you, this story is absolutely inspirational. Oh, I need to get more water. Now, nah, fuck it, we'll just write it out. Right, now, this is the end of the podcast. I say that. An hour later, an hour later. <laughs> okay, so back in the day when it was still socially acceptable for me to be running bowl sessions, which were free community sessions where anyone could come out and they could just learn how to respectfully meet someone in the day. Sometimes at night, mostly in the day. No, oh, actually, we did quite a few night bowl sessions, actually. What am, I talk- what am I talking about? We did a lot of night night sessions. It's just that my memory of them is mostly in the day uh i'm not sure i probably because i did a lot of them myself in the day but most of the ones done at night was when jordan was still around so anyways this was the hypest of the hypest one i had ever run which is there was at least 20 guys There might have been more at the beginning maybe 25 but then a few of them had to peace out during the session this is in melbourne this is on state library we meet up and all these guys are showing up i just done a seminar uh the night before which went for like five hours or something at the Transformation Tribe, I believe is what it was called back then. I'm not sure if it's still run, but shout out to Dan if you're still running it. And and a lot of those guys came out, and a lot of guys that weren't at that seminar came out anyway. And we did a bowl session, all right? In the bowl session, Chenny, shout out to Chenny Ledge, he was there. He brought along one of his friends. His friend was not even his friend, it was just a guy he knew at the pizza shop his local pizza shop in Melbourne, Victoria, that when Chenny used to get an old slice, he would go in there and he would say, hi, but, but I'm not sure how they got to talking. If you go back to the original video that I mentioned it in, I probably can describe it there. I just can't remember it now, but they got to talking somehow about what Chenny was going to be doing today. It was like a Sunday afternoon. It's like Sunday, 11 or 12 or something, one o'clock maybe. And he just said, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to meet this uh, guy called Adam and he's going to, you know, we're just going to go out. We're just going to meet some people. Do you want to come along? He basically, that's all he told him, I think. Very little, told him very little about it. This guy that who's just serving him at the pizza shop. And he's like, sure, I'll come, I guess. Why not? So he rocks up. There's a host of guys. There's there's about 25 guys there. One of my bootcamp clients was there from that weekend as well. And previous bootcamp client was there and a whole bunch of other guys. And so I separated it to the absolute beginners who needed to be taught how to do a stop and then I partnered up and winged the rest of them to intersperse when they would go out so they just wasn't just unleashing people in the city because there were so many guys. So anyways, sent off the guys that were comfortable to go do their thing in interspersed intervals but then took about seven or eight, maybe it was less, maybe five to seven of the absolute noobs who were not confident to do an approach at all. And so I had to teach them how to do a respectful stop Take them around the side of the State Library. So, Cheney was there. Even though Cheney didn't know how to do a respectable stop, he just came along just to emotional support for his Pizza Guy friend. I teach him how to do a stop, and then I pair up Cheney and Pizza Guy together. Send them off on their session. So, throughout the session, I'm going out throughout the city. I'm just walking on my own. And when I see guys, I'm just there as a fly on the wall. I'll observe their interaction. And then when they come out of it, they can bounce off of me, ask for feedback, uh, troubleshoot, work on this, work on that. That's my role as a facilitator during demonstrate as well for them uh, as a facilitator in these bowl sessions. So that's cool. And I'll bounce between as I'm walking through the city, you know, I'll just come across different guys doing different interactions. And then I come across Chenny and the old pizza guy. They just happen to be in a two set. There's two, I think they were Aussie girls from memory. was a long time ago, but there were two attractive girls. Whether they're Caucasian or not, I'm pretty sure they were Caucasian. And they were, just thought this was on uh, Swanson Street, down closer towards the church. And they'd stop them, right there, directing them all. Hang on a second. Someone's, I think someone's coming in. Okay, my friends, we're back. You likely didn't hear my interaction with the gardener, because there's a, a balls-up. Uh, he's not, he was supposed to text me. I didn't realize he was coming today. It's okay. Anyways, getting back on here. Pizza Guy Story, Two Attractive Girls with Chenny. It's a four-set, essentially. But listen... Cheney likely opened the interaction by Petzka was in, like he was interacting with the girl that he was interacting with, uh, exquisitely, exquisitely, as if this is something that he just does all the time. Like he's super comfortable, he's having a great time. They're all laughing. I can hear a lot of laughs. By the way, I'm just on a bench to the side. I'm listening to it, and the only thing that they were missing was just the instant date. That of, which is totally understandable is probably one of the first interactions of the day for them, if not the second or third. And these girls were loving it. They definitely would have been down to go for a quick walk, go for a coffee. They weren't ready for it. That's fine. But they are having a great interaction. And it ends. And it goes for a few minutes. It ends. I come out. And he's fucking hyped. He's absolutely hyped. He's having a great time. He doesn't know what's going on. But he said, Jenny, Jenny just said, just come in in a couple seconds. He came in. It was amazing. So anyways, I leave them. I go help out other people in the session. A lot of stragglers. A lot of guys that are struggling. A lot of guys that are doing great. Uh, whatever. Moving on for the session. Getting... To the end of it now, we do a group breakdown where everyone just sits in a circle of Flagstaff Gardens. still see it to this day. And and we go around the circle and everyone just gives their general thoughts on how they think they went. You know, positives, improvements to make type thing. Going around the circle. Before we got to Pizza Guy, there were a few hard cases before that that really struggled. That said they just were just so stuck in their mind, just struck with fear. And a lot of these guys were not day one beginners. A lot of these guys had been in the quote unquote journey for quite some time and just really just had a bit of a shit, bit of a shit day, like shit performance, shit performance. But then when we get around the circle, and there's a couple of good stories in between there, but there was a lot of guys that had reported that they really struggled. As we get around the circle, we get around a pizza guy, and you know what he has to say? He goes, guys, I don't know what this is. I don't know... I don't even know who Chetty was coming into this. I certainly don't know Adam, but I'm so grateful to you, Adam, for running the session because I had a time of my life. It was amazing. Uh, It was so good just interacting with people. And his just overall energy, of course, I'm just getting putting words to his energy. It's years and years ago. If you go back to the original video, you'll probably get his definite words. But this was his energy, which is that I was just so grateful to be doing it. It's like it was such a good time. I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm sure I could have done a lot better, but it's amazing that you could just go up to human beings and just interacting with them. That was his energy. It was just, it was gratitude and joy for the process. He had a much better day than most of the other guys there who had been doing it for way longer. That he hadn't even been doing it. But that was the beauty in the pizza guy, was that if you take away this egoic grandization of what the journey is and If you specifically for my client, take away or not take away the reverence, but put aside all of your deep philosophy towards the journey and you just find love for it. You just find love for the journey. You just pizza guy, which is that I'm just going to go out and have a great time meeting people. If your journey is rooted in that, which is what that is to say is that it's rooted in the joy for it. The joy for doing the damn thing. If your journey is rooted in that, you can build deeper philosophy around that. You can build reverence around that. You can build all the other things we've talked about, the supreme excellence and the honor around that. But at the core, it should always just be a love for doing the damn thing. Just the very fact that I'm going out and meeting random human beings because life is so rare. And that, in fact, and that, in in fact, of itself is exciting. Pizza Guy, that was like seven years, well, not seven years ago, that was. It's getting there. That was years and years ago, 2016. That was like 2016 and yet I can still see that while I might not get all the details word for word like I did one day after it, I can still see it. I can see the girls, I can see the instant what should have been an instant date could have been, but a great foresight anyway. I can see him in the circle, I can see Chenny, I can see the light in his eyes. I can see the darkness in the eyes of the guys that were too focused on their own selves that were so egoically attached to themselves that they, could, they got in their own way, they couldn't even have a good day. But then you just got this innocent pizza guy, this innocent pizza guy who just came out just to meet some people and knew I had a great day. I would, If we could create another duplicate just to finish this podcast, if you just take me two people, son A, son B, son A has no reverence, has no philosophy, has no deep understanding of what the journey is and the matrix of it all, but he literally has one thing, which is this, Dad, I just love to go out and meet people. I just want to have fun meeting people. That's it. He has that. And then you take son B, who has all the the reverence, all the philosophy, all of the introspection, all of the mechanics and the tools to be able to break down his mental mindsets, limiting beliefs, egoic attachments, but is missing that one piece that son A has, which is that he does not have the excitement, the love, peace, and joy for the journey itself. You can already say, you can already tell where their journey is going to end up. Sun B won't even, he won't last at all. He won't last. He'll have short bursts here and there. He'll get get-ups here and there. But because he does not have a love for the journey and just doing the thing for the sake of doing the thing, he will not last. Sun A, who doesn't have any refinement whatsoever, doesn't have any deep philosophy, but just purely has everything that I just said, just has the core reason, the core, the core light that all beings need if you're going to interact with another being. He's going to learn so much and he'll stay in the journey for the rest of his life. Now, my client's going to ask, well, how do you create that light? How do you create that light is like asking someone, how do you create the desire to live? You tell me. You tell me. You guys ask me. You guys can feel through my work and through my podcast. Obviously, Adam has that light. Otherwise, he wouldn't talk the way that he does and he wouldn't do the things that he does. How did I create that light? I never created it. I never created, I've always had the part of me that always wanted to bring love, peace and joy to every interaction and just that in and of itself was exciting enough to get after interactions. Always had that. It was innately born within me. So I can't tell you from my personal experience, if I look at all the people that I've worked with over the last six, seven years in this particular field, they've all had it. Every single bootcamp client I've worked with has had it because I haven't allowed the ones onto bootcamp that don't have it. One, because it's a futile exercise, which is that if you don't have that light, don't have that joy, don't have that love, you're never going to be able to do good work. You're just going to be this dark haze and dark cloud. So I wouldn't even waste their time or waste their money. So I don't accept them onto bootcamp. But of the ones that were accepted, and the ones that I did do work with in many different countries around the world, many times within in my own country, they all had it. There's a lot of construction going on on the guys. I apologize for that. Well, not that I can fucking do anything about it, but <laughs> too courteous, courteous, courteous. Every bootcamp client I've ever worked with has always had that joy for just doing the damn thing. They all had the nerves. They all had the anxiety. They all had limiting beliefs. They all had deep paper walls within their minds of darkness, but there's always a diamond within that palm. His hand and his fist may have been enshrouded in deep shit, dark shit, but we cracked open and there's always a diamond inside. They all had it. If a client asks me, how do I create light? It's the same question as how do you create the desire to live? I don't think anyone can give that to you. I don't think anyone can give you a roadmap or a tool to help you to desire to want to engage human beings for the sake of just engaging them, to have love and joy to engage in such a beautiful process. No one can give that to you. It's the same way in which that I always say to people, the number one thing I can't teach you in the world of social dynamics is intent. I can't give you the intent to want to be there. I can't give you the intent to be masculine to if you're engaging with a feminine being. I can't give you the desire to close an interaction, to open strong and to finish strong. That's the one thing I can't teach you. It's something that you have to generate from within. And if it's not there, then it's not there. You have to understand why. You have to go into deep introspection on yourself. That's the only thing I can give you. Is that You just need to get to know yourself. What blocks are you putting in your mind and in your way of being that would stop you from experiencing that love, peace, and joy? That's the only thing I could say. But I can't give it to you. You have to give it to you. You have to generate it for yourself. And with that being said, that is where we'll wrap up this podo. Ah, the old podo. Haven't said that word in a long fucking time. It's good to be back on the Bordeaux-Giaporto. So, yeah, yeah, summarize here. Finish it up here. How to approach the journey of social dynamics. Keep it simple, my friends. Refine it. Refine it down to the basics in which it's just about doing the work, having love and peace and joy for the work itself. Combine three keys, relentless action, accurate feedback, sound guidance. Do the work. It's always comes back to do the work. But you do the work in a way that you love it, even if you hate it during the time during the moment. Because yeah, the pain is the pain. But you gotta learn to love the pain. You gotta learn to love the sting with a smile. That's so where we'll wrap up this podcast. So I thank you guys so much for listening, watching. If you're here on YouTube. If you could, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Drop me some comments. Any big bigs, any big truths, big thoughts, drop them in the comment section. I'll always come back and respond. And by the way, uh, shout out to Mo, who donated a generous amount to the podcast just this past week through boldojo.com. There's a donate section through there. There's all the outros. All the plugs will come in a second, but not on YouTube. And don't forget to sign up to the Boldojo email, the Bold Sip, free weekly email newsletter every Friday keep up and date keep you communicated with me and also on Instagram best place to connect me outside of this at ui tang one double oi tang one get there if you're not I'll catch you guys real soon this has been a tremendous session I love your feedback on it either on Instagram or on boldoja.com. send me an email and on YouTube as well on the comment section so we sign it out wishing you the best in your lives my friends much peace and much joy cool Yeah! Yeah. Catch you guys soon. That was real. That was real. My friends, thank you so much for diving into this podo. It means the world to me. I'd love your feedback. If you want to drop a comment on YouTube, if you want to slide me a DM on the gram at uwe tang one best place to connect with me outside of this, or even if you want to send your own context, hit up bulldozer.com on pretty much every single page. There's a contact me form somewhere there where you guys can send your own individual context and we can dive in. If you guys would like a quick sip of social dynamics and all the other cool shit I'm exploring before your weekend dive, just head to bulldozer.com, drop your email in. There'll be a confirmation email sent to your inbox. Hit yes on that. And uh, you will see the very next tip. Now, if you guys would also like to support this podcast and everything that's going on down here, you can donate directly through boldojo.com in the podcast section. You can also slide anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. And anything that you guys do donate, goes straight back towards this channel and everything that we're doing here at the bowl at the dojo. So thank you so much. I'm very grateful. And with all that being said, my friends, I wish you the absolute best in your life. The absolute best in your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.